Steve, I know that normally I have some sort of joke, you know, some sort of shitty pun one-liner at the beginning of this, and in, um, but I don't this time. In and, and the reason is in honor of of this this you know for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff. Um, I just want to remind everyone that in a movie that I watched this past week, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five, um, The Dream Child, Freddy says. Bon appetit, bitch. Like I just, I just want to remind everybody that I thought that's funnier than any joke that I could ever say. Um, welcome, boys and ghouls, to a very s- fucking weird mini-sode of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Steve the Champ. Steve is the Champ. Uh, he's, uh, this is just it's. It's disconcerting. I'll put it that way. Um, We're going into two consecutive weeks, uh, two consecutive months, rather, of Steve being the champ, holding that fucking belt high up over his head. He's I saw him at Giant Eagle. I saw Mm -hmm. him with a whole damn uh, fucking cart, a whole buggy full of chip chopped ham and soju, just fucking spinning around in circles, was swinging his belt around, going to all four corners of the store, standing on something, just holding it above his head. Uh, And now we're. We're going into June, and the potential for a three-peat is, is disconcerting. Three. It's peat. disconcerting. But before we do that, we got a couple more episodes. We actually got five Mondays in the month of May, so we got a little extra Monday um, before the first Monday in June, which is when we do our showdown topic. And if you're new to the podcast, I'll explain all that nonsense to you in a hot fucking sec. Before we do that, I want to remind everybody that uh, what we're talking about today um, Steve picked just he's wilding out uh, <laughs> he's drunk with power <laughs> and other things <laughs> and soju um and he picked a movie is it Mahakal Mahakal is on the Mahakal yeah. Yeah. from 1994 I also saw 93 maybe it was released in India anyway this is a wild ass Bollywood ripoff of Nightmare on Elm Street, and also maybe a ripoff of five other Western horror movies as well. Yes. <laughs> it is fucking bonkers. I was last night, and listen, I was very stoned uh, when I was watching this, but I felt like I was just smoking a little smoking a little bit of that grass, like, uh, like I'm prone to do when I'm watching, especially a flicky like this, but I could have swore I was fucking on acid watching this movie. <laughs> it was so... Um, disorienting and just it felt like it went on forever we'll get into it it's fucking wild guys we'll talk about that hot sec um before we do that before we talk about what we got coming up here any further um i feel that it's appropriate to talk about the beers yeah that's usually what we do right on yeah. this podcast steve what are you what are you drinking you're drinking beers you're chugging you're slugging soju on this 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 the day of our lord uh, Sunday morning, Sunday oh, yeah. afternoon. I'm definitely disrespecting God today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm doing I'm doing a little uh, honoring of Megafer, who is not on the show today. Uh, <laughs> right. She's off doing her business things. So I'm doing yeah. a Megafer of having a garbage and then a good. Okay, all right. <laughs> so my garbage is Hard Mountain Dew <laughs> Baja Blast Pineapple. Wait, there's so much on that can. I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> so much to digest. Also, you held that up. And for a quick sec, 
I thought that was some ducktails shit. Doesn't it kind of look like a duck? Yeah, it's it's hard to tell what the hell's going on here. It looks like it's just the Santa Ana winds or some shit going on, mm-hmm. and it's also bringing pineapples with it. It's a yeah. typhoon with pineapples. I have no idea what's happening. I wonder if Mountain Dew finally hired like someone from their key demographic, which I assume is uh, meth addicts, mm-hmm. to design their labels, because that's what the fuck that looks like. Well, have you seen the other hard Mountain Dew labels? They all, they all no, look I've like this. No, I've avoided them like the plague. Well, no, I, you're missing out. The other <laughs> ones are a shark and a wolf, yeah. and it's definitely all of the demographic. <laughs> They're all basically the same guy who designs uh, the decals on uh, on uh, Ben Schwartz's character's car from yes. Renfield. It, yes, is it, who designs yes, the labels absolutely. for Mountain Dew. So I just have, a, a, it's just a wolf doing cocaine. Yeah, so I have that, and also just this nuclear yellow color. It looks that looks like straight up dehydrated piss. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's worse than dehydrated piss. I, you don't get the full. There's a green tinge to it. it really? It well, literally, that's, I guess that's on brand, right? Yeah, it literally looks like the the fucking uh, Ninja Turtle ooze. Mm, yeah. Nice. Now yeah. I'm back on board. Yeah. And then yeah, I not, have a good. <laughs> I have yeah, a good yeah, though. Uh, Nitro Rouge. Oh, there you go. Castile Nitro oh, Rouge. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, just a little nice one. Yeah, I'm going Belgian as well. Actually, it's American beer, Belgian style. And I guess mm. I'm doing a trash things here as well. But I'm not trying. This the first. The trash thing doesn't have booze in it. I'm just got a good old squirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying we haven't talked about squirt on the show. I grabbed myself a 12 pack of zero sugar squirt. Been slamming Friday night. I was watching. Um, uh, we were texting a little bit. I was watching Joe Bob. Uh, the last drive in the, the, the half season finale i think they're gonna take like a month off mm-hmm. um and i was i was watching you know kind of alongside my brother who's uh lives in nashville he's watching this weird both movies he had never seen before uh-huh. and boy howdy was it a was it a heck of a double feature to to mark the halfway point of the season they did um the mutilator mm-hmm. first of all which is fucking a lot of fun i for every time i watch that movie i think like oh yeah i've got good i've got good um memories of this movie like it I don't remember a lot about it, but there's good impressions in my mind. I've probably seen it probably now three times over the course of my life. And then I remember why I love it so much. The fucking soundtrack is so bonkers because <laughs> the movie was called Fall Break originally. OK. And it's a pretty like it's a it's a it's a fairly brutal just teen slasher. Yeah. Like teen vacation slasher type of thing. But with a couple of like really unexpectedly and unnecessary mean spirited kills, <laughs> like it reminds me almost of the Prowler or something like that in that way. It sounds um, uh, it sounds almost like I, I actually haven't seen the Mutilator, but it also mm-hmm. kind of sounds uh, along the lines of Blood Rage. Oh, yeah, I could see that a little bit, even even more mean spirited than Blood Rage. But mm-hmm. yes, there is a couple like there is. I, I won't even spoil. It. I'm not going to tell. There's one very infamous kill. That kind of has put the, the movie on the map a little bit, but you should definitely go watch, it, watch it if you haven't before. But then there's um, it was called Fall Break originally in its theatrical run, and then it, no one watched it. And then when it got its you know home video release for the video stores, because um, this is this is in, you know in the eighties, I want to say it's eighty, well I don't know mid eighties, I think like that something like that. Um, it was uh, they renamed it The Mutilator, mm-hmm. right? So they can get a heck of a nice and and it does have a great VHS cover. But there's this theme song that someone wrote specifically for it, and they get their money's worth. <laughs> it plays like five fucking times, including over the end credits. And it's like, 
Ball break. We love a ball break. Like it's just God. so fucking. It, it might as well be fucking on the Footloose soundtrack. You know what I mean? That's right. that's the tone to this pretty gory, over the top, you know, slasher movie. It's just it's so disjointed and fucking bonkers. I love it. And then they follow that up with uh, possession. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which which we just talked about not that long ago on the show which is just an emotionally drained yeah. movie. <laughs> I saw I saw the Twitter timeline blow up with just a bunch of people of like what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, cuz this never movie seen, is upsetting. <laughs> well, the, think about the the amount of people because they were talking on the show which uh that that from the beginning everyone's been requesting the mutilator right and they just have never played it and apparently it's like a highly requested movie which i'm like i didn't realize it had that big of a fan base but but yeah perfect kind of drive-in movie Mm -hmm. and then to finish right on the heels of this quirky silly thing with (laughs) with possession which is just about as heavy emotionally as a fucking horror movie can get almost yeah it's like hereditary level you know intensity i think yeah Um, it's one of the most like impenetrable films because you have to fucking read about like you have to have context of the cold war you have to read about how the director was going through a messy divorce. Right. You have to have some sort of basis in Lovecraftian fucking cosmic nightmares. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's like it's it's really it reminds me so much of Jacob's Ladder, mm-hmm. like in that way where it's just like you don't know what's happening. You're constantly upset. It's right. Just, <laughs> I'm constantly wild. upset and I don't know why. <laughs> I'm so upset right now. Um, but it was really fun. Anyway, uh, here's how I got on that story. Uh, while doing that, I drank just a whole bunch of turkey and squirt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I and I specifically I'm trying to get, you know, you know, everyone knows Jack and Coke. Right. Right. I'm trying to get turkey and squirt. Turkey and squirt going. Get mm. a little turkey and squirt. I'm really trying to get that to catch on. Wild Turkey 101, ice, squirt, and, you know, maybe a maraschino cherry or two. Pff, hard to beat. That's like uh, beat. it's not it, it's it's a whiskey Paloma. Yeah, it's almost like a it's almost like a, a seven and seven, a little like it's in that range. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, uh, my, my buddy uh, growing up, his uh, his dad uh, used to always drink Jim Beam and squirt. And I used to, I used to think like, that sounds awful. Like, yeah, that sounds truly terrible. <laughs> and now that's like my go to cocktail is either bourbon and ginger or bourbon and squirt. There you go. <laughs> I'm just old man shit. Um but uh, the the real I'm just having a squirt here a little bit on the side, just, you know, a little side squirt side squirt is what I like to call it. Um, but I am drinking uh, a Belgian double, which Ooh. is um, uh, which is a suiting a very suiting uh, name. It's just called Belgian double oh. uh, from our friends at uh, Dewey Beer Company in Dewey, Dewey Beach, Delaware. Um, still still work. They, they loaded me up with a bunch of beers when I was over there brewing with those guys and uh, doing a little collab action. And they gave me a whole bunch of yummy beers. I'm still making my way through them. So that just is drinking this little double. It's nice. That is definitely the most American Belgian double I've ever seen. And the fact that it comes in a 16 ounce can mm-hmm. with that, like just flowerly goofy label. <laughs> yeah, it's just it looks like a tie dye yeah. kind of label. There's not a castle just, or a monk to be found. <laughs> uh-uh. And it's just called Belgian double. Um, but it's good. It actually is good. It's really well attenuated. It's got like nice phenols. It's not cidery. It's not mm. fusily. Like Belgian double is actually a really hard beer to brew, like a really hard style to nail. Mm-hmm. And even when people think they nail it, they don't because it's just on your under attenuated. But this isn't. This is nice. 
And also, I appreciate that they didn't go wild with it and they made it 7%, which for me, like, you know, six and a half to seven and a half is it, that's what a double should be, right? Um, but a lot of people forget that and then they're coming in at eight, nine, ten, you know, ten percent for Belgian double. Like that's not what this is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this is sipping sipping real nice. But yeah, it's a little bit of a sipper. So that is what the beer situation's got going for us. Let me remind everybody, and for those of you who are new to the podcast, usually, oh, about this time of year, getting into the summertime, we start to pull in a whole bunch of more listeners. People start talking about spooky season and things like that. And then by the time, you know, 4th of July rolls around, we got a whole bunch of new listeners, which is a wonderful thing. But if you're catching up on some old episodes, maybe this happens to be your first one or something like that. Uh, here's how this works. We do a showdown episode once a month, first Monday of every month. Um, but all the, we, we release uh, a new episode every single Monday, all those other Mondays, we do these little mini shows where we talk about, you know, one particular movie or uh, a little mini topic or something like that. But on that showdown episode, what we do is we got this big old spinny ass wheel. It's got a lot of different topics on it. They could be subgenres, They can be whatever. Like for example, next month we're doing redneck shenanigans that is the topics so we're talking specifically about kind of redneck backwoods ass horror flicks um that came off of a big old spinny wheel there were three of three potential topics we put them on the social medias for our friends and followers to vote on they picked that old uh, uh, uh redneck shenanigans and then once we have that topic each one of us will pick a movie associated with that then on the showdown episode Somebody will come come down the, the ramp with a fucking bag of tacks every single time. Somebody will come out there, you know, just smashing light bulbs over somebody's head. We have a whole big knockdown drag out, no holds barred, extreme rules match where we talk about all three of the movies. We argue about it. We vote. And then someone takes home that motherfucking championship strap for the month. Uh, Steve going on two, not going on, going on three has currently two consecutive months uh, uh victory here um i think i think i did a three-peat one time nope. is that accurate no no one's ever no one's three-peated nope oh boy howdy that's a problem that's i'm a gonna problem hit somebody with a fucking banjo <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see that's the problem with steve is he he's notorious he gaslights us right because <laughs> after he wins especially if he hasn't won in a while he comes out firing on all cylinders makes us watch something where people have to eat poop or something yeah. like that it's fucked up we hate it. Uh, we have to sit through it for a punishment episode, which is usually the episode after the showdown where whoever's the newly minted champ has to make us watch some sort of horse shit. Steve will really, really just gape us on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the next week, if he wins again, which he has done a couple times, including this one, he'll then act all nice. He'll do this whole good cop, bad cop fucking gaslight thing right. where he goes, uh, guys, I'm sorry. Here, I'm going to give you something fun to watch. I'm genuinely terrified of what's happened if you win three in a row. I, I, I will. You're going to be drunk with power. I have something planned. <laughs> I literally do have something planned. And it's oh. nothing that either you or Meg could predict. Okay. And I don't even know, like, the listeners couldn't predict. I have something <laughs> so very special in my back pocket. I hate it. It's so very special. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Um, so if I, right. I'm just saying, if I win and like the audience, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm priming the audience now. Yeah. If this has to go to an audience vote, I see what you're doing. It's like, if you want something truly amazing and special, 
Like, get on the social medias. <laughs> yeah. Go to Megan for the Black Lagoon. Tell her to throw it. Like it. Like, just tell her to throw it. You know, <laughs> tell Brian to throw it. Fucking backroom collusion yeah. shit now. Like this is this is truly this is the fucking this is shaping up to be the fucking Montreal screw job over yeah. here. If you want something um, completely interesting <laughs> and different, is this just bribery? Yeah, uh, hey, this is just this is just bald faced bribery. Yeah, um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna deny. <laughs> It's not extortion. Uh, it's not extortion because I'm no, not, not ext- I'm not threatening to do something bad if you don't. I'm just You're, threatening yeah, to take away ob- something bribery. fun. I'm taking yeah. away fun if you don't. <laughs> That's the same as doing something bad. Anyway, uh so guys, um we will learn next week. I know last week we said we were going to talk about what our movies are, but Meg's not on this episode. And also, I totally forgot. We got an extra Monday. We got 5 Mondays yeah. in May. So next Monday, the very last Monday in May, we will choose what our, our which will be uh, Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we will choose what our uh, our movies for redneck shenanigans are going to be. I already know what my pick's going to be, but and I don't think anybody else is going to pick it. But if I have a second, I, I need to have a second, which I don't have a second yet. Yeah. So, um, all right, uh, we got all that out of the way. Also, if you do want to help us to do those uh those showdown episode uh topics if you want to suggest topics and just give us some feedback whatever follow us on the social medias it's at halloween is forever on uh instagram and and twitter and tiktok actually it's at hallow forever on twitter you can go to our instagram page there's a little link tree in there you can go and check it out there and if you got some of them blue sky hookups send it to us so we can get on (laughs) blue sky and get off twitter (laughs) is blues what's blue sky blue sky is the new platform that like the guy from twitter uh, mm. The original CEO, Jack, he went and started. Oh, that the Jack, yeah, the Twitter yeah. Jack. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. He went and started oh, a new company. God damn. Twitter is just I used to. I mean, listen, I'm uh, I'm old. We're both old. Mm-hmm. We've been on Twitter for a minute. Yeah. Twitter used to be so fun. Now it's just such a fucking cesspool. It's it, it, it's the whole fucking like blue checks under mm-hmm. every reply. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. So, uh, but check us out over in our social medias. It's a lot of fun. We post some spooky, spooky shit on the internet. Um, also, if you have any suggestions for these here mini so, especially one of these months where we got an extra Monday, we're always looking for ideas. This episode topic, uh, this movie was a listener suggested topic mm-hmm. to, to you, Steve. Do you, do you remember who uh, suggested it? Yeah, this came from our friend Ed Dexter off Facebook. Gotcha. And he, he, suge- he originally suggested it as a punishment film. Mm. But this is one of those <laughs> Feels more like that. It, it kind of, I mean, a little bit, yeah. but I was like, I'm willing to take the chance. I watched the trailer he shared with us. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this could be very boxers. Omeny. Well, it is. And it's fun. Uh, don't get me wrong. It is fun. I had fun watching it. It's just mm-hmm. too goddamn long. It's too long. Too long. That's, you know, that's really the only thing. And like, you know, this is the thing is if I was just watching this by myself on a random weeknight, you know, putting substances in my brain and just like half watching it while also playing on my phone and like you know scratching my ass like this would have been totally fine Mm -hmm. but the fact that i have to pay close attention to it and and take notes right uh (laughs) is really what makes it fucking a slog a motherfucking slog yeah and you have Um, to read like you know nothing against subtitled films i like subtitled films but that's the other thing is like there i don't think there's an english dub of this so, so there isn't a way for your brain to just kind of wander. 
No, yeah. you're right. You have to pay attention with the subtitles. You can't turn your head away because you're going to miss it. Um, I sh- we should say as well, if you want to watch this movie, uh, it is free on the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Just type in um, the, the, uh, uh, the, the title of the movie, obviously, which is Mahakal. Um, it's, uh, but there's also some other things that are like spelled similarly. Um, anyway, it's M A H A K A A L. And then just type 1994 yeah. and it'll come up. There are two versions. Click the one that has like the Bollywood horror movies mm-hmm. or whatever, because that one has the, uh, the subtitles. The other one does not. Cause I got, I got five minutes into the first one and was like, oh, fuck, there's no subtitles. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you can watch the opening scene because there isn't really any dialogue. There's no, di- there's no dialogue. Yeah. So I didn't realize until, yeah, we were. So then I had to go click on the other one and scrub through it. But yeah, the other uh, the other version I found, uh, it, if you search the monster, which is the name in English, uh, mm-hmm. the monster 1993 Indian horror movie remastered in 4K. It's, oh, there you go. It's I should have watched that one because. Yeah my resolution fucking blue yeah my, mine was actually pretty damn decent i don't know okay, if it's do the one steve said because yeah. it sounds way better it's on the it's on the hindi and english movies channel international on youtube there so, you go yeah so as you probably picked up from already this is this is a uh, an indian specifically Hind, in hindi um version of uh they don't come out and say it but this is a just almost at, at points, shot for shot ripoff of <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. But then also there's a lot of influence from a lot of Western culture uh, and, and genre films, but especially, you know, a handful of uh, Western horror movies. Um, but there are actually, and we'll talk about it, several scenes that are just literally absolute as best as they could do ripoffs of um, uh, of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And when I say the best that they could do, in some instances, that's a bad. They did a bad job. They did a bad. Uh, sometimes they did yeah. a bad, but sometimes they did a good. There, there are some good, of, there's some good visuals. Good. This movie is confusing. Sometimes I was like, wow, <laughs> there's like some legit, really, um, ton, I'll put it this way. Nothing is from lack of effort no, in this movie. No. Maybe with the exception of one scene. They the the this movie the amount of time that it had to take to edit this movie is alarming. The <laughs> amount of cuts, the amount of crazy tonal shifts, the amount of just shots and camera positions in this movie is bewildering. Yeah, yeah. Um, the cinematography and editing they cut zero corners. It was like they were trying to kill themselves yeah um <laughs> it's 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 kind of like they have nothing else to do except for, for this like, yeah yeah it's really like they were trying to stretch it feels like they were getting paid by the hour and they were just stretching it out as long as they could yeah um so i i just kind of want to give a little more background mm-hmm. into the film and like you know who made it and like kind of maybe what explains why it's the mm-hmm. way it is. like the film itself was directed by uh Cheyenne and Tulsi Ramsey mm-hmm. and these uh, these two cats are kind of famous in, they would be more famous in you know in India obviously but right. uh, they are known as you know, the Ramsey brothers which is part of a team of seven brothers mm. and like these seven brothers kind of ruled India in the 70s and 80s making b-grade schlock horror yeah so, like, you have Tulsi and Shyam directing this one, and this is one of the last films that they did. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but then their brother is Kumar and Keshu and Gangu and Arjun and Kirin. You know, mm-hmm. They all have a bunch of horror films under their belts. Like it's, I think it's around 30 you know, horror films that they directed in Bollywood. Yeah. And just like the Ramsey brothers as an entity, if you and I'm, I'm don't have a lot of knowledge around Indian films, um, especially like Indian horror films. But yeah, it's it's like, you know, it's not I would c- compare it maybe to like Larry Cohen or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not like um, a bajillion movies, right. but they are a lot. There's, a, you know, seems to be a lot that have like cult followings and stuff like yeah. that. It's clo- It's much more closer to the Coens than the Shaw brothers. Shaw Brothers. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was thinking Larry Cohn, but yes, yes, the shop. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not to that level. It's not. uh, It's not um, distributing thousands. Yeah. What's the what's the freaking guy? Roger Uh, Corman. uh, Yeah, I could not think of his first name. It's not Corman level of of movies or Mm -hmm. anything like that. You know, I'd probably put it more like Larry Cohen level. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, like you were saying, it is pretty much a complete ripoff of uh nightmare on elm street <laughs> yeah and in fact this gave me and and you know uh, i i there's a lot of obviously indian names and stuff like that so me just being a lazy idiot i just started calling them by i mean there's anita which is mm-hmm. she's the, the the main protagonist but everyone else i just pretty much came up with different names for <laughs> and i stuck very clearly like because they eventually reveal who the killer's name is, but he's just the straight up Freddy ripoff. Yeah. And I just called him Sharpan Joe. I, I was calling him Sharpan Joe up until they renamed it as well. I was like, this yeah. is just Sharpan Joe movie. Yeah. yeah. If you're not familiar with who Sharpan Joe is, just Google Sharpan Joe. Yeah. Um, it was like a really funny meme of a ripoff, uh, a ripoff Freddy toy yeah. from like the the 80s uh the, called sharpan joe there's and a, then just imagine him there's another one out there called monster man which is uh, <laughs> uh, which is what i was also thinking of that's more that's more relevant because that's the more closer to the translation yeah <laughs> uh, which i was trying to look on you know because i saw it like monster but then i also saw that the name kind of alludes to like somebody who is beyond death mm-hmm. who's like above death or, or has escaped death or something i don't know um but uh yeah yeah, well, Sharpan Joe, Sharpan Joe done that. Yeah. So like th- th- that was kind of the tie to uh, the Boxer's Omen is mm-hmm. that at some point they started to, like they they reveal that the killer's backstory is like the, he's a magician. Yeah. And then you start studying the dark arts. And right. I, I just got like upset thinking about like there isn't enough Western horror films that are based on evil wizards and magicians causing no, trouble. It's such a great and and I w- this got me down a little bit of a rabbit hole looking up Indian horror. Indian horror movies and and Hong Kong mm-hmm. horror movies are really have a lot of the same themes. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of dark magic, a lot of somebody who just like dabbled like a little bit too far into the dark arts and wizardry, and then ended up becoming or unleashing one or an entire host of uh evil demon spirits yeah and we don't get yeah. enough of that we get no we don't it's always the devil it's always like it doesn't have to be the devil, devil guys it doesn't have to be the fucking devil the devil's not real you could just say somebody did a thing they start reading a book they start reading too many books yeah you know what happens when you read too many that's books. right <laughs> you end up with a dang old evil spirit haunting you 
Um, so it's like it's almost like evil spirits are the serial killers of Eastern like horror mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, they're just like yeah, there's it's just they just come out of the fucking woodwork if you do the wrong thing. You take take one wrong step off the path, fuck, we got an evil spirit. They got they got so many fun ghosts and spirits, and we just got dumbass devil and hop and fucking hopping vampires. I just yeah, damn it, they got hopping vampires. God damn it. <laughs> Our vampires are all sparkly and sexy. Yeah. Making me all horny. I don't want to get horny from vampires. I just want a dang old hopping vampire. Stupid. With his hands up in front of him like a fucking bunny. That should be Nicolas Cage's next vampire role. Is a hopping hopping vampire. He would do. Yeah. He's maybe the only human on the planet that could fucking pull it off. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, Nicolas Cage, and I don't know the man personally, but I swear to God, I would bet my right arm he's got a, a whole collection of samurai swords yeah doesn't he seem like the kind of guy that's yeah. got a lot of samurai swords yeah. if you yeah. watch the uh if you did you see the movie he did with pedro pascal that's about him like that's the oh the weight of in, incredible talent or right whatever. Yeah, yeah. no i haven't seen it yeah, yet. i mean the, the whole thing is like pedro pascal's character collects all of his uh movie memorabilia memorabilia and so mm-hmm. he just has like a bunch of guns and chainsaws and axes and everything all through the. <laughs> <laughs> I have not watched that, and I I've heard good things. It just it just has been on my. I haven't been watching as much as much lately as I as I normally do, just because work's been crazy. But that one's on my list. Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta do that. Yeah, do that. It's a good one. Um. Yeah. This movie. I mean, it starts assaulting the senses from the fucking jump. Hell yeah! Like the intro slash like credit sequence is just wild i will say right off the bat the most alarming thing about this movie is well two things we'll talk about one later uh the smoke budget on this movie as a man who appreciates a smoke machine and i do take smoke machines places that smoke machines don't normally need to go Mm -hmm. this guy had to be buying 55 gallon drums of smoke of, of you know smoke juice and just going through them like they were fucking eight ounce squirts. Like he was just, there's so much smoke in this movie. Were they or were they just setting things on fire? No, no, because you can see it coming from one singular source okay. in so many instances. It's just like they had the Cadillac of smoke machines mm. and they were putting that fucking thing through the ringer. Yeah. Uh, um, again, again this is their late, this is their late stage movie. So. Mm-hmm. They probably had like a bunch of smoke machines left over and they're just like, we're get, we're throwing everything at this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, yeah, everyone thinks, hey, the, the goal was to make this, you know, Friday or I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff. But I think that's all just coincidental. I think they sat out and said, we're going to make the smokiest movie there ever fucking was. <laughs> and they pulled it off. There are set parts of this movie where it's just it's just thick with smoke, which I appreciate. And I love the atmosphere it brings. But yeah, the intro is is this this, uh, you, you know, you pretty get a quickly realize, you know, especially anybody who's seen any of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It's this, you know, kind of a dream sequence of a woman running around in her nighty in this fucking dream world. There's swinging chains everywhere, which did you get the I, I, one of the other movies? I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of Hellraiser vibes um, from from certain scenes in this movie as well. Yeah, I, I got some Hellraiser vibes, but also I just think because like. There's there's kind of really it feels like there's only two locations in this opening scene of mm-hmm. like there's the factory floor and then there's mm-hmm. that hallway with the chains in it and they right. just kind of cut in between and it, it like it works because it's like dream logic because at one point yeah. 
the the woman who's being assaulted whose name you don't learn for, for like 20 fucking minutes is i know and then you get confused with the other woman because yeah. they kind of look like they could be sisters yeah right and you just don't see them like right that's you, true you don't see this woman sema who's being attacked yeah. in the stream you don't see her for 20 minutes after this so <laughs> exactly you're just like oh was that just some like she's dead and we never talk about yeah. her again yeah but yeah she's she's running around in in this kind of factory setting and then at one point she like runs down the stairs that you've mm-hmm. seen multiple times and she's just mm-hmm. back in the same place and it's like i mean it's good dream logic but also it's just like we didn't have anywhere else to shoot <laughs> i know yeah it felt like an mc asher fucking painting mm-hmm. they're just going up this way and then it leads to the same room we were just in yeah. which then then yeah so you're just going through the fucking mario pipes but um surprise surprise she gets attacked by uh by this guy and uh I'm going to describe him. Maybe we'll wait to talk a little bit about what he looks like um, in a little bit more detail. But he's he's definitely supposed to be Freddy. Right. He's got the the burned, scarred up, burn scar face. But something about the fact that he still has all of his hair and the way his hair is like moved back and puffed up gave me. It's hard to not give you kind of Michael Myers vibes from the hair. See that I got because he has the long black trench coat and his hair mm-hmm. actually looks more like a, a, a mullet. I got mm-hmm. Kiefer. It is more mullet. I got Kiefer Sutherland from Lost Boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that's uh, that I got a lot from him later on, which we'll talk about, is he r- did remind me a little bit of. Um, well, when you start to see him a little more close up. He reminds me a little bit of Frankenstein from the from the Hammer flicks. Okay, too, with the kind of because because he kind of has these weird bangs. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a it's a bold bold choice. But they're <laughs> swinging chains and surprise surprise, she wakes up. She's got you know, or she gets she gets her arm kind of slashed with the old, uh, you know, sharp. They don't call him Sharp Hand Joe for nothing. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. One other thing I would call it just because right off the bat, like I thought I was maybe watching the wrong movie. Because this movie is from 93 or 94, depending on where you look. It looks like it's at least a decade older than that. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody said, like, here's a here's here's a 30 second clip from anywhere in the movie. Tell me what year do you think this is from? And again, different culture, different, you know, who knows? Maybe different technology was big at, at that point in, in you know, Bollywood. I, I don't know. Um, but if you said this is a Western movie and just some still images or whatever, what year was it from? I'd say 1980. Yeah. Like I would say literally like over a decade older than it actually is. Yeah. I mean, that that's a thing that like even happens with European films though. I, I feel of mm-hmm. like, yeah, like I, I'm thinking specifically like of like Dario Argento films from like 90 and 2000. Yeah. But at least he's got like, you, you know what to expect from an Argento movie. Yeah. You know what you to know expect he, from them. the way he shoots it. But yeah, yeah I guess this could have been, um, I don't know. I don't know enough about Indian horror movies, especially of, of this era. But, you know, I, I uh, Kate sat down, you know, kind of a couple of minutes through the movie and was like, what is what the fuck is this? She kept hearing the laugh of the villain, yeah. which is like, <laughs> almost like it's not that cartoonish, no. but it's not a typical demonic laugh, you know? It's like, <laughs> there, there is there is nothing scary about this film. No, there really isn't at all. I, there was like two scenes that I was like, wow, that's kind of creepy. And but it felt so juxtaposed to the rest of the movie, which is not even a little bit. scary. Right. 
Um, but she sat down and she was like, what is this? And I said, it's like some, you know, like I said, some Indian ripoff of, she's like, from what year? And I was like, 1994. She's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like she was blown away from what, the, what it looked like. But yeah. Um, yeah. So you get introduced to this couple um, and uh, uh, Anita, she is the, the main protagonist. We're going to talk a lot about Anita here. Um, Anita, Stone Cold Fox, first of all, like, boy, howdy. Yeah. Uh, she's just... This 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 lady, not to be you know too too on the nose, but this lady put together. Yeah, she put together. Yeah, um, and and you know, and she acts her ass off in this movie. I mean, really bought in, leaning in hard, um, to, to this whole dang thing. And there's a couple of people who are really kind of phoning in their performance. <laughs> not not Anita, not Anita, not Anita, and not Canteen. <laughs> no, and definitely not Canteen. Um. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, so you're introduced to this couple uh, and you get a very good idea of like what the social interaction between the characters is going to look like right off the bat, because he like runs in. She's like hanging a picture and the boyfriend like smacks her butt and like uh, grabs her and like this very playful, like lovers, almost like, you know, just kind of grab ass or whatever. Um, she responds it's so over the top, just flailing wildly. And you're just like, there's going to be some weird, um, unbalanced social cues in this movie. You can tell right from mm-hmm. the beginning. Then you get you get introduced to this this other guy who, who he's just sitting on his the hood of his car with just a bunch of other guys. They're all like. I mean, honestly, if you said, like, how old are these? I would say they're like late 20s, but they're, apparently they're supposed to be college students. Yeah, like late 20s, early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> and and everyone just calls him boss right like they call him the bot like he's their boss yeah like um, it, it, you assume it's kind of like you know like you see it in hong kong movies a lot of just like mm-hmm. there's just some street tough who is in yeah. charge of everybody else because he'll kick everybody else's ass you yeah. know if, if they don't listen to him <laughs> yeah and so they all call him boss it's the it's boss so i just call him the boss pretty much in my notes moving forward he's the boss um, yeah <laughs> I'm thinking boss like and then I, of course, started equating him in my mind to this Bruce Springsteen. And anyway, they're just waiting for Anita outside. And it becomes very clear that he's like in love with Anita, but very superficially. And by in love, I mean, just wants to constantly uh, sexually assault her and or try to rape her. Like it Mm -hmm. is legitimately uh, unnerving, Um, but it's everything's played for laughs. It's very strange. It's very strange and, and disconcerting. Um, you also get them. You're just jumping around. You're meeting a lot of characters. You don't know what the fuck's going on. They're in like a little. I don't even want. I guess a cafe of sorts. Yeah, it's a cafe. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, the guy who is the proprietor of the cafe who may or may not be a student. I don't think he is, but he's always bombing around campus. I, I equated him to. um the character in Saved by the Bell who owns the Max or is the waiter at the Max or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed yeah, I it was guess. him. He was he's always there, but he's like he doesn't go to school. <laughs> yeah, but he's always hanging around on campus yeah. though. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he's a, he's also um like a he's a wannabe Michael Jackson type character. Like so much so that it's it's not like they're trying to model him after Michael Jackson. They actually have like he has a poster of Michael Jackson on, on the wall. He is wants to be michael jackson 
right? Did your so did, did your version of the film actually play? I think it's Beat It or no, mine played Thriller is what it was. No, mine did not. Yeah, okay. It My version a, of the film played Thriller when he first introduces himself and comes out by the Michael Jackson poster. Mine, I don't think played actual Thriller, but it played like a very adjacent okay movie yeah or maybe adjacent track like you could tell it was like if somebody was like all right you've got 24 hours to, to make a um a, a, make a, a sound a alike. song cue <laughs> that sounds a little bit like thriller or it sounds like a michael jackson song. yeah um now mine plays thriller when he comes out and introduces himself and starts dancing <laughs> yeah and then like right off the bat canteen is is a strange character because one i should say um this is a a, a, a musical kind of kind of like it, uh, I mean I know enough about like Bollywood movies to know that like musicals and, and big elaborate dance and song and dance numbers are something that they will shoehorn into a lot of different types of movies um, and this is very much the case in this movie mm-hmm. but mostly just during the first half and then there's a huge so the, the numbers aren't spaced out well at all no like they're really heavy early on. Then you go a huge section of the movie with nothing. Then you get like a complete non sequitur one in the last like 10 minutes. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, but Canteen, whoever this performer is, he is clearly a, a, a comedian. He's a he's like if Jerry Lewis and 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 Ernest P. Worrell almost, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the he's like the Indian version because he does do a little bit of like a uh, an old timey showbiz kind of type thing. But then he definitely has a lot of like Jim Varney esque um, expressions and different characters he plays. And he plays the characters simultaneously talking to themselves. So I would be blown away if the, if this this performance wasn't pretty strongly, I think, uh, uh, influenced by Jim Varney. Yeah, <laughs> I just felt like um but it's really bizarre because right off the bat, he does this weird like fourth wall breaking thing. Did you catch that? I didn't catch the fourth wall break. I, where, I guess. Where he, well, he talks about the 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 what are the brothers that direct the movie? Um, the Ramses. The, the Ramses. He talks about the Ramses. Oh, he's like, I'm going to get discovered by the Ramsey brothers or something. Like oh, I guess that. I guess I didn't pay. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't. <laughs> catch that or pay enough attention just, to think about it almost a throwaway line mm-hmm. like they only mention it once but it's just but it's in the first five uh, certainly 10 minutes of the movie it's it's before it's just it's when you get introduced to canteen yeah he he does this thing about how like he's gonna be discovered by the ramsey brothers or something i guess i i guess i was just more paying attention to the fact that he called that one lady fat and just like you know <laughs> <laughs> and then they were all like, ha, 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 gotcha. including her. Yeah. They like love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She- yeah. I'm, I'm rewatching the scene right now. It says, yeah. I, yeah. The Ramsey brothers, they told me they really like my face. And then they <laughs> and then they push in and do a close yeah. up for him. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. They do this like <laughs> this weird fourth wall breaking gag. Like yeah. so early in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's definitely yeah, he's definitely a comedian. And I like he has he took the most Americanized name for his screen name. This is, uh, this is Johnny lever is Johnny lever. Yeah. I've heard of now that you say that, I feel like I've seen him or heard of him before. I mean, he's, he's, he is, he, he is in 322 films. Yeah. And has five say. upcoming. So, <laughs> Oh, he's still cranking. He's nice. still going. 
<laughs> well, this is the thing is like I saw in there that he had like second billing. So he's mm-hmm. obviously the guy they brought in for the con. And so many of his scenes, he is genuinely funny, but so many of his scenes are are really, really shoehorned in there mm-hmm. um, and, and makes for a very tonally inconsistent movie. But you can tell that they were like, we got this guy. He's a big sell. We really need to give him all the screen time we can. So like it'll be this like very serious scenes and then he'll just pop in doing a little bit and everybody's like, pa-cha-cha, LOL, <laughs> And then they'll just go back to something very serious happening. And honest to God, it is like if they added Ernest to the departed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it is. You just pop in good old Ernest P. Worrell into, uh, you know, some some movie that is otherwise completely serious yeah and but you gotta you gotta deliver him lines you gotta get he's gotta get his gags in and it just makes for a very tonally weird film but um <laughs> now i'm just i'm just imagining Ernest in the new like nolan film oppenheimer <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like tinker taylor soldier spy yeah. or whatever but then like all of a sudden just Ernest pops in and gotta, goes, gotta split that atom Vern. know what i mean <laughs> Know, know what I mean? Um, yeah, so the boss who we already were introduced pops in at this point with this shirt. He's got this King Tut shirt on with like the metallic like sarcophag like sarcophagi, you know, head on mm-hmm. it. And it just fucked so hard. I couldn't run. It's not a good shirt about it. There's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of good fashion in this film. There is. It is intense and early 90s fashion. Um, and, and like you could tell this was obviously something that was geared a little bit more towards like, I would guess like Western conscious um, uh, viewers. Oh yeah, for sure. Like they're, like they're obviously it's, it's, you know, it was released in India and it's, it's very much a, a Hindi movie, but it, but there's, you know, it's a very Western conscious thing, um, you know, but with a little bit more, sub, like I would imagine the, the kind of sex and stuff like that, it's all pretty mild and playful and lovey dovey. I imagine that was probably a little bit of a uh, still kind of edgy from a cult, you know, from a, from a different cultural perspective. Um, but again, I did not expect the musical. And I mean, it it goes head over heels into fucking these numbers. Some of these numbers, I think there's like three numbers mm-hmm. that are more than five minutes long. Oh, yeah, it is. There's one that I swear had to be eight or nine minutes long. It just went on <laughs> and on and on the one on the beach. Yeah, the first one. Fucking the first number. one on the beach is so fucking long because they yeah. they go to the beach. So it's Anita. And well, there's even two. Yeah, there's the two one on the beach. And then there's the one where the whole group goes to the beach. Right. And we get a well, and we get a number for I each one. I feel like one. that wasn't on the beach. That, they just went off roading somewhere. There wasn't water around. Well, they just they took beach balls with them. water at one point. They took <laughs> they beach balls with them. <laughs> they did take beach balls with them. But there is a scene where they're doing like a conga line. And oh, yeah, yeah. Kinda on they, a little beach. Oh, yeah. It was like a little shitty lake or something. I don't know. It didn't. Well, yeah. Now all I'm imagining is like because I'm I, I uh, this past a weekend, the new uh, Zelda game came out. Mm-hmm. Here's the kingdom. Yeah. So I've been playing that. And if you've played that at all, you'll just be like walking around Hyrule and there'll just be like a little like shallow pond, <laughs> you know, where you can catch frogs and shit. I imagine that's where they went. Fair to the beach. It's just like a little fucking weird w- wetland. <laughs> Just just a quick side diversion. The only thing I've seen yeah. from Tears of the Kingdom is all yeah. the fucking like war criminal shit people have been building. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then, I just started playing. I've only played it a, really a few yeah. hours, couple hours now. 
and there's it is it's wild yeah. there's so much sh- like customization you can make of shit people build and it's just like it's almost overwhelming yeah i i just see it all, and it's always some war criminal fucking machine somebody built and then set to dragula <laughs> Hell yeah. it's like now I'm they good. just have a machine built and then you have you have dragula in the background they start the engine <laughs> and it just starts killing whatever <laughs> yeah it's fucking chaos it, like the problem solving in this game is like it's it, it's chaos yeah um anyway yeah so you get this sexy little beach number with with anita and her boyfriend and they're like frolicking in the beach. They're in the water. They're they're like laying like on a rock as like like doing the whole Little Mermaid, you know, make out scene as the water's crashing on them. But dude never loses his jeans. Absolutely not. And never untucks his shirt. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's so horrible. Like they even do a costume change within the scene, within the mm-hmm. number, and they go yeah. to a new location which is yeah. like some private residence, I imagine. It just looks like a courtyard or yeah, something. Or like yeah. a country club or a golf course or some shit. Mm-hmm. And the, there's like, so they're in the water at the beach, completely soaked, move to new location, turn on sprinklers, new costumes, <laughs> <Yeah>. also completely soaked. <laughs> yes, yeah. They just show up and it's supposed to be that they're like having this dance. I think it's supposed to be like a dancing in the rain type. Right. Thing, but it's bright and sunny out. It's clearly sprinklers. Yeah. And like you could tell they're they're just I mean, they're absolute consummate professionals. They are sticking it out. But you could tell the water is just coming just horizontally into their eyes as they're like (laughs) dancing. (laughs) Oh, it's wild. It goes on so long. The whole scene, it can be summarized. It's like this very like, you know, stereotypical Bollywood type of tune. It's very, um, you know, almost like 70s era type of song and dance thing mm-hmm. where they're just doing up there's tons of choreography they're doing a bunch of stuff that makes no sense in real life and pretty much all he's trying to do is just smooch her titties right <laughs> most of the time he's just trying to smooch her titties and she's trying to avoid getting her titties smooched that's how i can describe this he keeps trying to like looks like just kiss her on the breasts <laughs> she's like no dog bye and then yeah. they go dance somewhere else and the, it's just it, and it's fucking seven minutes of that yeah it's seven minutes of that and like they're singing it like the lyrics are congruous of yeah. i love you you love me we found love and then he's like uh i'm, I'm so trying happy to, kiss. to be in yeah. love love makes me happy right. and and then your happiness makes me happy and we're in love and then he tries to kiss her boobs and she's like nah <laughs> Uh, I'd love you even though that much right now. My dad will be mad. <laughs> it's just hopping around, just doing all kind of crazy dances and just, again, rehashing the same things over and over and over again. It just goes on forever. Um, and then cut to again, you start. It's weird juxtaposition because you see this like just very silly, happy go lucky. We're dancing and being fancy free. And then you see cut to the the scene in the in the classroom where the boss is just Oogling. assaulting, <laughs> assaulting Anita with his He's eyes. I, like he, I can. Uh, well, yeah. no, we went, we went from her boyfriend, Prakash trying to kiss her boobs yeah. to the yeah. boss straight up. eye fucking her tits in the classroom. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and, and the camera is from his view and it is zoomed in, zoomed in on her yeah. breasts. Like not even, not even like there's no ambiguity. 
they are literally her only her boobs are in frame and then you see him like eh, licking his lips <laughs> like a fucking degenerate like it's wild then the teacher apparently we learn later you can sleep in this class for an untold number of uh, minutes and nobody notices but if you're looking at a girl's breasts in this the the teacher will slap the shit out of you whoop your ass (laughs) he will literally undress you and whoop your ass in front of the entire class uh but it's it's yeah it's it's fun um now you finally understand who the first woman who got attacked in the dreams is who's sima is her Mm -hmm. name um, and she's like Anita's friend and she's explaining the whole thing to Anita. Now you're like, oh, two different people. She's still here. Anita has been established now kind of as the main character, but Seema is still is still there. Um, and then you get the idea. Apparently, uh, you, you get introduced to Anita's parents, her dad, who you don't know this yet, but he's like the general of the police. <laughs> um, and then her mom is is, you know, essentially a non character. Um, it's, it's very strange. Uh, but Anita's parents had another daughter who died seven years ago. And Anita has a dream about her. It's kind of similar to her dream and the one Seema had. Uh, and, but there's just skeletons, just so many skeletons. Um, <laughs> this has, just, this <laughs> has probably my favorite shot of the whole movie. So yeah. the setup is that the, the, the dead, uh, the dead daughter, and dead sister of Anita comes to her at night and lures her. It's like a smaller child. Yeah, like yeah. she looks like she's ten or something. Yeah, she's a young kid, and she lures Anita into the dream world, which is actually just Sharpan Joe's domain, <laughs> right? And then, like, she turns into a skeleton, which is pretty fun. And Anita <laughs> runs away, and then she is just surrounded in a hallway full of dollar store skeletons. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at my. It's the same. Halloween. It's the same one, but those have dirt on no, them. No, mine's way nicer. <laughs> mine's way more anatomically correct. Yours is bigger for sure. Like, Yours is bigger for sure. Definitely bigger. <laughs> well, and the one, the, the ones in the movie, the, the ribs are so fat and close to each other. They look like hot dog buns. Yeah, <laughs> like a pack of hot dog buns. Yeah, there's probably only like four ribs in these. <laughs> it's so weird, and they're just and like there's the scene where Anita's laying on her back and the skeletons are just like, oh, it's like that Austin Powers, like, oh, I've fallen yeah. over. Oh, I've fallen over again. <laughs> she, she just covered in them. But my favorite shot is before she falls <laughs> over. with skeletons. Yeah. My favorite shot, though, is f- right before that, is like she's running through the hall and she gets scared by one skeleton and falls up against the, the opposing wall and the mm-hmm. skeleton <laughs> there spikes the camera he turns and looks at the camera as if to say can you believe this lady <laughs> he does like a, like almost a double take at the camera it's the funniest like, you imagine he's gonna go it's a living yeah. you know, like oh my be- god this lady's in our house and she's causing a ruckus <laughs> can you believe her oh my god it's a wild this is skeleton again, hallway what do you do think expect to happen why you come down to the skeleton the skeleton boarding house carrying on a ruckus and you're the one blaming us for scaring you i just imagine he has like a barney fife voice. Yeah. um oh man it's crazy and then you get a cut back over and you see sharp joe 
But he's got a meat face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. He never has a meat face again in the whole rest of the movie, as far as I can tell. But he's just got this, like, I don't know. It just looks like they literally, like, got some really thin sliced, like, roast beef and just laid it on his face. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, okay, that's what he looks like, I guess. Nope. Never looks like that again <laughs> nope. the rest of the movie. <laughs> we, did, nope. we did that makeup effect once, and nope, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Didn't go well, and we abandoned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, this is where we're really starting to, like I said, I just really started to get impressed by this. The smoke budget on this movie it was a motherfucker. A lot of smoke in this um, scene. May, honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb. Most smoke I've ever seen in any movie ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't even think of one besides maybe like. Oh, like the Wolfman's got a ton of smoke, but not yeah. in every scene. This really is like every fucking scene or the fog. I mean, this has the fog levels of smoke, uh, smoke machine action in it. Mm. Um, and I mean, the, mi- yeah, the mist, at least that movie's at least that movie's called the fog. Right. So you like it's it's part of it <laughs> or the mist. <laughs> Let's put it this way. We are only considering <laughs> movies that might have an equal amount of fog right. has the expectations in the title of the amount of fog and or mist. And I was going to say the mist is probably disqualified because it's, it's mostly CGI. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The mo- only a movie that is calling out clearly in the title, <laughs> the amount of smoke machines used could stand up to this yeah. movie in terms of smoke machines. Yeah, so you start to understand, like, maybe my favorite character in this movie, not favorite, he's a real bastard, but he's just a bonkers character, is uh, her father, which I just wrote down in all of my notes as Papa, mm-hmm. because they call him Papa. Yeah. Um, Papa is just genuinely annoyed that anyone else exists. Pretty much. On the whole planet. Pretty much. Um, he smokes cigars at breakfast, <laughs> which is just like... Only if you're like a, a fucking South American drug cartel leader <laughs> do you smoke fucking cigars at breakfast. But he's doing it in his fucking robe. Their house is like super extravagant for some reason. It's never really explained. I guess he is like he's the general the of the police. Of police. <laughs> I, yeah, but he yeah he he called him general of the police because he's got like a fucking. I mean, it's a military like officers type of uniform yeah. on. Um, which I think is generally like of that era. I think how the, you know, I think back to like, some James Bond movies and stuff. I think that's how like Indian like police might have dressed during the era. Uh, but he looks like he's, you know, fucking General Patton kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I like I know it's like not culturally the same at all, but it's just right. like there's a lot of scenes, especially later at the jail. It looks mm-hmm. oh, it, it yeah. looks exactly like a Zorro movie. It is because it's like fucking stone and like stucco walls mm-hmm. and gr- just gravel. Like it literally look. Yeah, you're right. It looks like a Zorro. It looks like the, the prison cell that they keep the one guy in, which we'll get to later, looks like somewhere Captain Jack Sparrow would have been yeah. housed. Yeah, it just looks like you know. a Zorro movie. Like everybody's in gray yeah. beige. And then, like you said, like the, the setting looks exactly like it. Yeah, with like spider webs everywhere and shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's just pissed at everyone. Anita has a crazy, uh, uh, dream, uh, you know, essentially the same dream that Seema had, uh, and, and she wakes up with a slash mark on her arm, which you don't realize right away, but she wakes up screaming in the middle of the night, you know, have, you know, having this crazy nightmare. The mom comes in, it's like, oh my God, what's happening? She's like, oh, you know, she's really freaked out. The dad comes in 
in the middle of the, of the night to his daughter having like a screaming night tear and tells her, get back to your studies. <laughs> <laughs> like, bitch, I was sleeping. Yeah. It's the middle of the night. We weren't studying. He's like, no more of this. No more of this nonsense. You need to get back to your focusing on your studies. <laughs> it's like it's 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> well, back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get, go back to dreaming about math <laughs> the sun's almost um, up what the fuck are you doing <laughs> <laughs> right um but yeah she's got the same wound on her arm that Seema had uh and then you know cut to the next morning and the boss and all of his what i just started referring to as bosslings <laughs> the bosslings just go just turn into full-on rapists yeah broad um, daylight like they're just it's broad daylight middle of the day on campus they're like oh hey you know, I got the hots for you. And she's like, get fucked, boss. And he, and they're just like, nope, we're going full on gang. Rape. Yeah. It, <laughs> like, that's what they go for. And, and it's it's played so lightly and it's so fucking disturbing. It's so unpleasant because, again, like you said, it's broad daylight and it just turns on a switch. They're just like, yeah. And now here's the rape scene. And it's like, well, because it, the whole movie's so silly. It's not scary at all. It, it, we just had it like two I don't know. We didn't have two yet. We had one like seven minute lovey dovey song and dance number on the beach. And now all of a sudden it's fucking clockwork orange. Yeah. Like it's just so over the top. So tonally wild. And um, I'll, yeah. I'll also say in this, uh, it's quite obvious that the boss is a virgin because <laughs> as they have Anita pinned down, he says, all right, now let's get her wet before I go in. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, that's really gross. But then they cut yeah. to a wide shot, and then he's actually hitting her with a garden hose. No, he he's is. Spraying he's her spraying, with a, <laughs> spraying her with a garden hose, yeah. It's the whole thing. It's like, like I said, it's it, it's almost played for laughs. And not not the assault scene here, but like the lines are. And it's just bizarre. It's just, it's really fucking bizarre. And then the boyfriend and his buddy come in and just treat all of them like their putties and just have a big old fucking sick karate fight mm -hmm. the, like the, literally they start by they see it and they run in and jump kick them all this is this is like the first of two rape scenes and the first mm -hmm. of four of like fight scenes that are yeah, not like full-on broad daylight martial art group combat fights yeah like like yeah. uh uh what is it? Hard ticket to Hawaii or uh, uh, what the fuck am I thinking of? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter. <laughs> I'm thinking of Kung Fu. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like because they're doing like especially the first one. They're doing fucking flips off cars yeah. and they're grabbing weapons and they're eluding weapons. And it, it, it feels like a very much like a Kung Fu movie. It isn't it isn't a street. It isn't like, um, you know the bar fight in Westworld, where it's like a like a just a slugfest of the people breaking bottles over each other's head and punching each other. They're doing fucking full on martial arts uh, uh, choreography. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got they got um, fucking uh, one guy brings out the hedge clippers like the burning. That's a yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been wild if he just like hacked off a couple fingers right. like they did in there too? Like, just oh. like oh Jesus Christ! And then like as it's it's getting brutal, and you're like oh. Everyone's going to be dead here in two seconds. Nope. The, I guess the dean or something just comes out and just gives them all a good talking yeah. to. And they're like, oh, he's like, I'll kick you out of school. And they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you could just tell it's such a like a cultural thing. And, and you get this in, in some like 
other, you know, Eastern or like Kung, uh, uh, Hong Kong uh, and Japanese horror movies of the era where it's like, no matter what is happening, the monster, the violence, the, the, the villain of any kind, nothing is scarier than garnering the disapproval of your parents. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he, like he, he goes yeah. through and he's like, uh, I think it's like Prakash and Param. He's like, he's to both of them. And he's like, what are you doing getting involved in this? You come from good families. And he's like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to tell so you. There's good this whole cast. Yeah. System <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no matter how this could have been life and death, but if the Dean threatens to tell your parents, all fucking bets mm-hmm. are off everything like that's the worst possible thing that could happen um, fuck you evil magician i can't have my parents finding out about this <laughs> i swear to god if the devil tells my parents that i have not been doing well in school i'm gonna fucking lose it um so yeah this is where they go on that 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 excursion it's like a little jaunty jeep ride yeah. to the quote beach question mark um and then they have another and the longest song and dance number of the movie and it just fucking it goes on it is genuinely wild and and don't get me wrong entertaining like it's not just we're walking through the woods singing there are whole giant choreographed dance numbers including that involve six seven people yeah this is the most like frankie and annette fucking beach party that's what i was thinking of i couldn't think of their names but yes it is frankie and annette to a t kind of thing because they're literally like doing like a conga line and and hitting beach balls around Mm -hmm. and it's just like if they all just stopped at one point started doing the monkey like it would have felt (laughs) totally in place and and maybe it's just the translation but some of these lyrics are fucking off the wall the, the yeah. one that's but there's so many of them that you just kind of almost get numb yeah. to them really fast. yeah well, like you said there's so many characters in this scene you're just like ah whatever but like the one yeah. that stood out to me i was like wait what that's gotta be fucked is that life is for laughter and making laugh it's like <laughs> what <laughs> i did not hear that one but that is a good one life is for laughter and making laugh yeah it's just it you know it's obviously it's it's translated you know we're, we're reading subtitles but it just is like someone it, if you told me that these songs were written by AI two days mm-hmm. ago, I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. You know? Chat GPT. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you get you get uh, Canteen, you know, back. You know, he's part of the group. He's he's in all these numbers and everything. And he's like he's like this kooky, like Western music and movie obsessed kind of character. But then also he's kind of like a. He does that little Jerry Lewis thing where it's like a little bit of a gay stereotype, mm-hmm. too. Um, and uh, so so we're, oh, well, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the, the car won't start, which you later learn that Seema took the <laughs> spark plug out because she wanted to. Fuck. Yeah, um, <laughs> she just wanted to stay overnight in a hotel and bang the the boyfriend, which I I. I assume is like that's why she died. It's almost like this Western horror movie. Like, oh, if a woman um, suggests that she might be horny, she deserves death. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, they go to this hotel, and this is where the whole comedy thing gets really bonkers because Canteen, the guy who plays Canteen, plays a second character who is like the hotel manager, uh, maitre d or manager or whatever. Who has a, who has a Hitler mustache? Yeah, and like and like a weird little Gomez Adams part in yeah. his hair. It, it's and just the way they introduce him is like full on comedy effect because 
he has his back to the camera and then just <laughs> turns around to reveal, I'm the same guy with a Hitler mustache. Hello. <laughs> it's so bonkers. Oh, it's so bonkers. And 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 he does a whole bit and several bits. Um, but this is the first of, of a few where he is on screen with Canteen and they're going to great editing efforts and, and cinematography efforts to have them both on screen together many times, more times than uh-huh. necessary, frankly, but only showing one of their face at one time and, and having like a body double for the other. And it is uh, for. For the not the fact that their interactions really aren't that funny to go through all this wild effort is uh just it's just bonkers. they're not that funny or important to the story they're could not you, important at all to the story. could you imagine wasting that much time for something that has nothing to do with the story <laughs> now it is like was it in i'm trying to remember is it in the prowler or it might be in it actually might be in the original my bloody valentine one of them where they're at like a school dance and there's just a guy outside doing a tight five on the sidewalk. You know what I'm talking mm, about? I don't think that's my bloody Valentine. That doesn't sound. Okay. I think it's the prowler where it's clearly they had a comedian mm-hmm. who was an extra and they just cut to him just literally telling jokes on the sidewalk. Yeah, that's not... and there's a bunch of kids around like laughing. And this reminded me, I think it might be the yeah. prowler. And it reminds me so much of that because it's just a complete non sequitur. Right. This whole bit is a complete non sequitur. Then they both, um, get their ass beat by this woman because they're again they're peeping on her they're they're looking through a, a hole in the door while she's not undressing but painting her toenails oh yeah they're peeping for feet <laughs> they're feet peeping yeah. <laughs> um and so 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 the the hotel guy's feet peeping and canteen comes up and you think he's gonna be like bitch i'm gonna smack you around for being a creep but no, he's like, get out of the way. I want to see these feet. Yeah, he's like, oh, what are you looking at? Oh, feet? Hell yeah, yeah I'm in. <laughs> Sick. And then there's this bit, and then she sees them, comes out, beats the shit out of both of them in a full-on Looney Tunes bit. Full-on Looney Tunes, but even more so Gilligan's Island. Because if oh, you remember okay. when like oh, yeah, people yeah, would yeah, get yeah, knocked yeah. out in Gilligan's Island, like the camera would swirl in and out. And it's like, yeah. that's exactly what happens to these guys. They come out. And they even put like the black paint under their eyes like they have black yeah. eyes and stuff yeah. like thick cartoonish black paint. Um, yeah, you're right. It's more Gilligan Gilligan's Island. But it, it, they are just she whoops their ass and the whole thing is played for this big this big laugh. But again, it's a complete non sequitur. And I don't even think that that was that one of the group that woman. I Was it Seema that they were that no, they were keeping on? Seema. No, that's the thing. It wasn't mm. Seema. So that's why I was like, I thought it was. But then when she comes out, she busts down the door. The whole thing is like, it's like I said, it's really a Looney Tunes bit. It's, there's no subtlety. She like kicks the door off the hinges and like she might as well pull out a big giant mallet and whack them on the head with it. That's how cartoony it is. And when she comes out, I don't think it was Seema. No, you're, no, it wasn't Seema. Maybe it was one of the other girls that like Canteen was just lusting after. And that's I just think it was a random girl in the hotel. It could have been that, too. But anyway, it, it, I mean, I, it's so dumb. Also, I just wanted to mention how, like, can't the way Canteen discovers the manager feet peeping is Canteen's just walking alone and he's doing <laughs> the mime robot by himself down yeah. the sidewalk. Yeah. 
He's just he's just dancing down yeah. the sidewalk in the it's courtyard. It's so silly. And again, has nothing to do with the story. He's just yeah. I'm out. I'm doing the ro- robot. Oh, here's this guy. I'm gonna come up behind him, pulling the rope. <laughs> what are you doing? Feet What's up, peeping? Buddy? Feet peeping? <laughs> Hell yeah! Da, 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 da. It's it's um this movie. You know, it, it gets really bonkers, and then it becomes like repetitive. Mm-hmm. Where they just keep doing the same things again. Like Anita has another g- dream that fake Freddy is at this in this instance throwing bloody shit against her window. Yeah. Like, and then you get a killer POV with, you know, as you might expect, a lot of fog. And it's kind of wild, just like this this whole like <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> this whole like shot back and forth thing. And you'll get these big long extended scenes where, yeah, there's like a a, a, a you know the killer pov or or somebody creeping around or whatever but then nothing ever happens from it yeah like so many things get set up like they're gonna be big events in the movie they're gonna push the plot forward and they don't it's it's like so i think only like two people really die in this film and that's sema who pretty much dies mm-hmm. at this point after the feet peeping yeah. scene and then her yeah. boyfriend uh Oh, no. Yeah. Three people die. And the boss. Yeah, the boss dies. Yeah. So three people die yeah. in this film. But most of the time is just Anita getting harassed, telling people she's being harassed, people telling her you're not being harassed, even after yeah. like they discover it's Sharpan Joe chasing her. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. it, I have a note that yeah. <laughs> they bought they, they they fully buy in at some point to Sharpan Joe. Yeah. And they're just like, Anita, chill. Like, he's not that bad. Like, yeah, they fully buy in. He's not even here right now. We're safe. <laughs> like, they don't. Yeah. Like, at one point, they're like, oh, yeah, he's attacking you in her dreams or whatever. And she's like, he's going to kill me, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, no, we're at home. It's <laughs> no. fine. And you're like, did you not remember what he did all the other time? <laughs> like, they fully buy into the point that her mother takes her to a priest and the priest mm-hmm. tells them how to deal with Sharpanjo <laughs> and, like, yeah, gives yeah. her an amulet and everything. And then yeah. I have a note that says it, uh, it is an hour and 58 into your two hour, 12 minute film. And you're still asking who's trying to kill Anita when you know yeah. who's trying to kill Anita. <laughs> We've known from the first five seconds. And so is everybody else. Even the dad. Well, we'll get we're almost there. Seema gets yeah. killed. OK, so no surprise here. Seema, they try to this is the part where they do a horrible job. They try to recreate the very iconic scene of um you know, the first murder of Freddy's first murder in, uh, well, on screen kill in Nightmare on Elm Street, where he's pushing um, the woman up the wall and she's like in the corner and then she's uh, dragging him across the ceiling and there's blood everywhere. And the the boyfriend's screaming in his tidy whities that whole scene, iconic, you know, horror movie scene. They try to replicate that. But with Seema and her boyfriend's watching her get killed um, while she's in her dream. But a bunch of Freddy gloves come through the floor and and then, you know, she's getting killed while there's like a sheet over her. It's it's horribly done. And it's just obviously a, a, a shadow of of the original scene. But you can tell that's clearly what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's what sells all the drama and, and everything of the boyfriend in the first movie and you want him to be believed so much because like that scene is so effective and so scary that you're like, he went through all that. He fucking saw it and think how horrible it would feel to not be believed. If some, you saw something right. like that, that 
this is just like you don't feel that because it's so fucking dumb. It's, it, and it's also so clearly supernatural in that first one because mm-hmm. she like goes up the side of the wall across the ceiling. Yeah. And this one, just a sheet goes over top of her and then the sheet's bloody. And it goes, yeah, it's kind of believable that he did it. <laughs> it's probably him. Yeah. And everyone believes that it's him. Even his friends are like, yeah, yeah, it seems like he probably did yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. probably didn't. So um, now we get a little bit. You know, we first learn um, that Anita's dad is is the general of the police at this point. <laughs> and and he's he obviously thinks Seema's boyfriend did it. Um, uh, you know, he's in hiding Seema's boyfriend. Like I said, just like in the, or, you know, in, in Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and he explains what he saw. Like he's sneaking around the bushes. He explains what he saw to Anita. And then the the dad just comes up behind and is like, ah, gotcha. It just has points a gun in his face. And then there's this, <laughs> this is, I think my favorite part of the entire movie. Like this is the highlight of the movie for me. There's this dramatic chase scene of the cops arresting Seema's boy. Know, he keeps know, running. They're all cutting say. him off at the pass. Like there's this scene where like he almost, and, and then ultimately it's actually a really well choreographed scene because like a, a, a Jeep comes skidding up and he like, drops to his knees right and you're like oh my god that actor literally almost got hit by that yeah. jeep it's like a very harrowing scene and then they just cut over to the boss and all his bosslings <laughs> and canteen stand there beside him and just picks his nose and wipes a book <laughs> <laughs> i fucking rewound it i was howling howling uh i mean kate and i kate walked in and i was just pissing my pants laughing and she was like, what is so funny? And I rewound. I was like, don't look away. Just watch. And she was like, what? Because it's like I said, it's this harrowing yeah. scene of like he's getting chased and like he's wrongfully accused, but he knows if he gets caught, he's fucked. And it's like this really emotional scene. And all of a sudden, Canteen just wipes a book <laughs> on the boss. Sure. Like, and it's not like I'm not saying it's something subtle. It's he literally is picking his nose, looks at it, turns and wipes yeah. it on his shirt. It's a, it's it's oh. a two shot. So like it, they are perfectly framed. It's not subtle at all. Like Canteen no. looks at it before he wipes wipes it on it. <laughs> he looks at the yeah. booger and goes, yeah, and then just wipes it on his shoulder. Just <laughs> <laughs> such a wholly disrespectful thing to do, but also just the juxtaposition to of the the craziness of this chase leading right into wiping a booger on somebody which wiping a booger on somebody is honestly it's one of the funniest yeah. things you can do <laughs> it's right up there with pretending a banana is a phone as the funniest <laughs> things that a human can do um and uh just for it to come out of left field like that just floored me i was pissing myself um yeah it's it's but, so uh, funny just in like <laughs> And just like the way he's explaining it, every you know, the boss is asking Canteen, he's like, why are they after Param? And he's like, that's oh, because he fought you. And he's like, well, why aren't they after me? And he's like, nah, because you fight women. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's like, he's trying to get himself in as like almost like a little like a, a like one of the bosslings. Yeah. But he's like constantly disrespecting him and just like saying really mean, biting things to him. It's it's very funny. And that's that's like, look at me wrong. This guy that plays canteen he's very fucking mm-hmm. funny um but it just doesn't make sense no. in this movie at no all. it's this movie's totally insane yeah <laughs> it's all over the place um we now get really the only i would say movie like scene remake like completely 100 percent ripped off scene mm-hmm. 
um, from from Nightmare on Elm Street that they kind of pull off a mm-hmm. little bit, which is Seema in the body bag and Anita seeing her like down the hallway in like the bloody body bag, just like, you know, the translucent plastic, just like in the original movie, which is one of the most, you know, it's one of the most iconic scenes in, in you know, modern horror history. And they just do basically a scene by scene or a shot by shot remake almost of that. Not shot by shot. It's a different setting, very, and everything, yeah. obviously, but but you, you know what they're doing it exactly. Yeah, um, and they pull it off okay. Yeah. So if you would have never seen, if you were somebody living in India who had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, you'd be like, oh fuck, that's pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is like if you've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, you're kind of impressed with a lot of this stuff. You yeah, know, but when you see, but it's just it's a hundred percent ripped off. All yeah. <laughs> And and, yeah. and like we haven't talked about some of the other stuff they ripped off yet, but like we've already seen a lot of the Evil Dead uh, camera work. Tons of Evil Dead, and you're we're about to get the scene that turns into a full on dead eye here. In oh a yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 I mean, we're an hour in, and we've already gotten like Steve said a little bit of that that crazy, um, like spastic all over the place, you know, um you know, uh, uh, camera movement as uh, a la evil dead and especially evil dead too. Um, but now we see Seema and she's got like no pupils and bleeding eyes. And, um, you know, it's, 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 she looks like a dead eye. Mm-hmm. And, and just like another thing we talked about how, and again, this is one minute after a booger. Got oh yeah. This somebody. is also one minute after booger. Went. <laughs> but, yeah. but like, we're, we're talking about like how they're throwing everything at this film. And we're the the scene starts in a school and it the dream scene kind of ends. It ends in an ice house, which is like another yeah. filming location that we like. They have so many filming locations that they put into this. But like we're in an ice house and like she's creeping around the ice and like she sees Seema with no pupils and everything and then pushes Seema away onto this giant ice hook that takes her mm-hmm. away like a deadite like Christ. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's very hellraiser slash um slash uh uh, uh evil dead mm-hmm. in, in this scene um and then she wakes up and she's got a burn on yeah because she her and, arm and, and hit she's a, been in class yeah her time. arm hit a refrigerated pipe because sharpan joe gave her a scare <laughs> yeah sharpan joe popped up as he does i would say i actually don't even know because especially at the end which spoiler alert there's a big climactic scene in an aquarium later mm-hmm. um how many times do you think Anita is looking one direction and then looks back the other direction only to be scared by Sharp Hair Joe <laughs> in this movie? Like conservatively. conservatively. If somebody said a million dollars, if you get within two, what would your guess seven. be? Seven. <laughs> I would really? give it seven to I start. Have, <laughs> I would have said 40. <laughs> There's so many more than seven. Um, I might be over at 40. I'm definitely over but I would probably say, honestly, because I was counting, there are at least seven just in the last like 30 minutes. You know what? You're probably right. Of all the time, of yeah. all the like the last kind of fights that they go through at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. <laughs> Four. It's legitimately I would say, honestly, like if I had to really put a guess on it, I'd say. Probably 15. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, <laughs> which is such a big number. It's the main thing that they rely on to like get yeah, them pretty, through yeah. the scary moments. It, yeah, it is almost all the jump, sta- jump scares. And if you include the ones that are not 
Sharpan Joe and it's like a Skellington or something, then you're at 20. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, a Skellington. <laughs> <laughs> so Anita tells her, her boyfriend about Sharpan Joe and that, you know, Seema's boyfriend's innocent and the boyfriend goes and talks to Seema's boyfriend um, and is just like, no, nah, dog, I don't believe you, basically. Um, then Anita is walking home and there's another street gang with another boss who has a, I guess, a, a it looks like he created his own widow's peak, like for fashion yeah. um, on his head. Like he cut his hair into a, it's not a devil lock because it's just like a couple inches long. It's like he cut it into a little faux widow's peak. Like he's going as Dracula for how well, No, that's actually not even the boss. That's the, that's the underling. The boss is the fat one. Oh, you're right. That, that, well. Uh, is it? Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's it's pretty much throwaway because they're only in here for one, maybe the wildest scene of the movie or sequence <laughs> of the movie, because now we have one more. We have another um, threatened gang. Yeah. Uh, again, just that's normal in this movie, apparently. Um, and then you get this entirely separate Ernest bit, this whole Jim Varney thing where you know how Ernest used to just snap into that character where he was like he was uh, John Wayne, mm-hmm. basically. Now, it wasn't a whole nother character. It's not like when you put the neck brace on and, you know, dressed in drag. It was just he would just do these little monologues where he would become John. Yeah, Wayne. it's just serious earnest. Yes, this is like that, except for no, there is a whole costume. And so you get this whole like Ernest meets the clockwork orange bit where Canteen shows up and he's in a completely different outfit with a fake beard and this like bangs that he keeps having to like blow out of his face that's like part of the the gag and he's some sort of like shaft like crime fighter badass but the whole thing's kind of a joke it's and it's definitely a reference there's gonna be some cultural reference that we don't know yeah it's definitely a reference to something we don't get but Mm -hmm. he is absolutely parodying some sort of you know like hero some some martial artist hero that yeah. like he's got an all black leather suit yeah. with like some white designs on it but then he's got like these little discs that are almost like chain mail but it's like if they were little symbols mm-hmm. <laughs> on his arm and that it's kind of like kung fu hustle a little bit where the guy who has the rings on yeah, his yeah, arm yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the 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 curtain rings you know the curtain yeah. rods um but it's just like a little bunch of little symbols. And you can clearly tell it's some sort of like cultural reference because they even say later like, oh, he thinks he's whatever. And not the name because he keeps over the top doing this little pose and saying I'm whatever. And I forgot to write it down. It, I, I couldn't even pronounce what he kept saying. But then when they go back and you realize this was all just a fantasy in Canteen's mind, <laughs> I guess. Or maybe it happened. I don't I, know. It's hard to follow. Um, th- but they they're like, oh, he thinks he's so and so. And they they say a, a man's yeah, I name, think, like an Indian I man's think name. What it was supposed to be is because previously, I believe they're talking about going to the movies. So I think what this mm. scene is supposed to be is Anita and her friend are coming home from the movies when they're assaulted by the gang. And then they try to get they try to gang rape them in the bingo hall in front of a bunch of other people, <laughs> which whatever. Yeah. But I think what they're yeah. trying to say is Canteen was also at that movie and they were all watching the movie of this guy. And now mm. he thinks he's that guy after the movie. Ah. 
So this really happened. The, yeah, no, yeah, this scene really happens. He really does save them from gang rape. I thought it was his his daydream. No, it's not a daydream. He it's just <laughs> he's retelling the story. Like when we Oh, and he's dramatizing yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Like I think I see. I'm pretty sure they say like he actually got his ass kicked for trying mm-hmm. to stop the gang rape, but he did stop it. But they're all laughing. Like, remember that time when we almost got gang raped for the second time this <laughs> yeah. week? <laughs> nice job trying to save us, you fat right. turd. Like, <laughs> You're like, this is all very concerning, and you guys are laughing like it's not. He is so upset after, because the yeah. the one woman who was there, like, getting attacked. Yeah, uh, Anita says, like, he gave those goons a good kicking. So, like, he did beat him up. But like apparently he did, yeah, yeah. But like not in the cool way he thought he did. Yeah, I guess because he, um, yeah, it, he throws. I'm gonna say, well, luckily there's a table for every single goon, because he throws every single one of them through a different yes. table. He, um, I would say you probably see a good at least eight people go through tables in the sequence in slow motion, most of them. It just goes on for a long, long time. And like I said, everyone's just laughing about it. Afterwards. And you know what? We're wrong. Anita wasn't in this scene. She wasn't one of the ones being gang uh, gang raped. Who, who were They're just who nobody was... we know because I'm watching it back again. And he's. He, oh, really? It's just too random. It's just too random people. And then friends, like after they yeah. come out of that sequence. It's the woman who yeah. says, you know, he gave him a good kicking isn't Anita because he gets up and he goes and sits in between Prakash and Anita and Anita and Prakash just start laughing at him. Oh yeah, that's right. That's when he tries to get oh, the whole thing becomes very because all these scenes are just shoehorned in to justify this, you know, this comedic actor that's mm-hmm. in there. So it becomes very it, it, it dilutes the the already bonkers storyline so much that you you start to not understand what happened and what didn't actually yeah. happen. Because there's so much dream, there's so many dreams, but then there's also daydreams and there's also like funny bits that may or may not be part of the story. And you don't, you, it's just really and hard it, to It's just also confusing because you don't know, it, it, there's so many scenes that don't include Anita, who is obviously the focus of the film, but they don't include yeah. Anita and they don't include Prakash and they're just mm-hmm. centered around this comedian. Like you go... Yeah. Oh, wait, who else is in this scene? There's <laughs> And it's always like dark at night. It's yeah. just yeah. Um but anyway, in the meantime, snap back to snap back to reality here and uh it's getting you know, you go to Seema's boyfriend's in her, in his jail cell still. And it's getting foggy in the jail cell and you know what that means. That means one Mr. Sharpan Joe's <laughs> lurking around somewhere. Um like I said, he 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 almost at this point is like when you see him really close up in like more well lit setting, he looks like a cross between the Frankenstein from from the Hammer movies <laughs> and like one of the characters or like an extra from Nightbreed. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, and he claws holes in the wall of his cell, and snakes come out because <laughs> you snakes. know. And it's actually like pretty pull. They actually pull it off pretty well. It doesn't make any damn sense, but they pull it off pretty well. And it's just snacks on snacks on snacks. They come out. They kill him, I guess. 
by like laying on him. You don't actually see them bite him. So we're like, did he get scared to death? You don't see a snake bite him, but he is covered yeah, in snakes. I'm, um, and it's a lot of king cobras. It's a bunch of, of, of yeah. The, there are so many snakes in this movie. You almost wonder whether the, the fog guy and the snake guy were the same thing. Because they got a hot deal on, 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 on fog yeah, and snakes. Yeah, they got a lot of snakes. Like they had a snake yeah. hookup. And I'm wondering... Uh, I mean, I just had a, I have a running theory that like this actor, uh, Param, the actor who's playing Param, mm-hmm. actually yeah. died. Param is Anita's yeah, boyfriend, yeah. by the it's way. Seema's boyfriend. Or Seema's yeah, boyfriend. Yeah. I'm sorry. Param and Parat, Paresh? Prakash. Prakash is, Prakash. Prakash is Anita's. Prakash is Anita's yeah, boyfriend, yeah. yeah. But Param is covered in snacks, and there's a lot of King Cobras, like far more than Indiana Jones. And... <laughs> I'm half wondering if he just died in this scene and like he was actually <laughs> in real life. Yeah. Like he was some sort of criminal and like he like they have a they have a justice system where like if you can survive the filming of a movie, you get to go free because <laughs> it's a real squid. It's Indian squid. Games. Yeah. <laughs> and he just like they're like, OK, here's your final scene. And he's like, oh, that's a bunch of King Cobras. He's like, yeah, well, if you survive, you go free. <laughs> and then he didn't because. He got bit by a bunch of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's just it's it, it, it is. There's probably conservatively like 50 snakes. in the cell. Yeah, there's just like a shitload. Like he's covered in snakes. And then there's a, a bunch of I'd snakes. Say a wheelbarrow of snakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a real so grain needed- sack of snakes that they just threw on the ground. <laughs> they were like, hey, oh, put the fog down for snakes. <laughs> Bring a bag of snacks. <laughs> and he just picks up a fucking 55 pound grain bag that just on it is crudely written sack of snacks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just written hiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, um, Anita tells Papa about, you know, hey, you gotta go save him. He's in his sna- his cell with snacks. And then uh he just slaps her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, which is again, they're just like, oh, well, that's, you know, it, it, you know, old old movies, you know, people just slap women in the face when they're being hysterical. Like that's that's a trope. Yeah. Uh this was 94, and it's just like they treat it like it was 54, which was, you know, obviously as disturbing when it happened back then, but that was like a movie trope, is like that's what like they even you know, do it for for laughs and like, you know, the naked gun and stuff like this woman's being hysterical. Better slap. Her, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's the whole. Yeah. The whole airplane scene in Naked Gun where they're just or in airplane. Oh, it's an airplane, not naked. I think, gun. I, yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. do it in a uh, naked gun as well. But no, it's airplane. I think that's they the do one. a similar. Bit. Yeah. It's the one yeah. in airplane where like everybody's lining up to beat the woman to get her to stop. Yeah. Get her to stop screaming. Yeah. Right. Um. So but then he gets a call immediately on the police phone and they're like what's going on what's going on over there and they're like oh he got snacked yeah and he's like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like he knows that you know she's got some that something is afoot at this at this moment yeah. so uh so anita's boyfriend follows papa into his room where he finds him just admiring a freddy glove in a drawer um and and then they're just like you know, normally this is where he's like, I can explain. And they're like, no. And they drag him away. But no, they just let him explain everything out. And he's just like he he basically explains that, you know, when 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 Sharpan Joe, uh, you know, w- was kidnapping, you know, when he was doing Sharpan Joe stuff, mm-hmm. he explains he was, you know, killing kids and just, you know, being Sharpan Joe doing average Sharpan Joe stuff. 
he uh, kidnapped their daughter, which you knew this was coming. Um, this, the, you know, the one that died seven years ago. And then in a flashback, uh, you, you learn his name, which is Shakal. Um, I'm going to keep calling him Sharpin Joe, but he has like a, not just like a boiler room, like Freddie might, he's got like a whole Indiana Jones set. Yeah. He's got a, with a giant skull that is maybe may or may not be like covered in children's corpses wrapped around it it's covered in some sort of like figures that are just like yeah they're they're melded into this giant skull that's in front of a bottomless pit and and then like torture devices everywhere like medieval devices and then there's candles everywhere and then he has like a big cross for sacrificing Mm -hmm. children on and then you get a full-on yeet of a child (laughs) down a hell well (laughs) yeah he just goes let her be let her go papa's like pleading for his daughter's life and and sharp and joe's like Yeet! yeah he just throws her down a glowing red well never to be seen again <laughs> what and it's funny because we're in this flashback and you know it's a flashback because papa doesn't have a mustache yeah yeah, yeah. that's how you can tell it was seven years ago it's before he before he uh really let himself go and um still irons his, his suit but had him you know now he's grown a mustache yeah um so you know he's troubled <laughs> Um, but, and then Papa beats his ass with a flaming stick <laughs> and then buries him alive. Yeah. And, you know, like the whole time, Sharpan Joe is just, <laughs> you know, just like, it's not full Krusty the Clown, which is what I'm doing. Right. It's not that, but it's halfway between Freddy and Krusty the Clown. Yeah, it's also not that menacing. And it, no, at and all. this is, it's more silly. I think this is like the biggest failing is that. Sharpan Joe in this film has no character. He nope. like he doesn't no lines. Yeah. He doesn't call anybody a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there's nothing interesting about him. He only just laughs and like I guess does magic. And then they they keep doing the Dracula eyes mm-hmm. though, where they zoom in on his eyes. Yeah. They keep doing that. The the Universal Dracula Wolfman, right. you know, uh, zoom in on the the lit up the lit up eyes. Um. But yeah, Fred, you know, Sharpan Joe thinks it's really funny that he's being buried alive. He's just in there cackling. <laughs> it's also very windy that day. It's very windy, but that's what ha- that for some reason. Well, that just happens when you fuck around with magic. We've seen that in the Boxer's Omen. It gets really windy. Yes, that that's a that's a Hong Kong movie thing for sure. It's like when sh- when when magical shit's happening, it's always yeah. windy. I don't it's know very why. windy. Um, just magic happens. I, but the glove is just like haunting him to the present day. He talks about like he'll just grab his liquor bottle off the shelf and the gloves just behind it. Like, ha ha. I've been here <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Prakash and Papa go to see where Sharpinjo is buried and birds fly at them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is such a weird throwaway scene. Um, they dig him up. It's also windy. It's windy that yep. day. So, you know, some some magic's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then there's just a bunch of snacks in the coffin. Again, s- s- like a, like a million snacks in the coffin. No sharp hand Joe, just snacks. And well, um, and here's the thing is, you know, that Papa didn't do a good job of fucking burying him because when he overturned the coffin into the grave, it didn't fit. So <laughs> he just kicks it. Yeah, he just kicks it and then scene cut. So you yeah. just assume he left it that way, which is why Sharp Joe was able to escape. <laughs> yeah, but like the chains are still on it. So you're like, you think there's something supernatural, but also apparently snacks are the supernatural part. I don't mm-hmm. know. 
but they close the coffin. And then this is maybe one of the most confusing parts of the movie. They close the coffin because, again, full of snacks. And then it explodes. Yes. Or two parts of the ground near it explode. Yes. And then it's all, you know, Sharpan Joe just cackling. And then either Sharpan Joe starts just spamming them with grenades or he called in the fucking air support because it's platoon in the graveyard now and there's just explosions everywhere and they're just running from random explosions yeah i mean at this point like sharpan joe only has two kills so i don't know how he got this kill streak going but he definitely is just dropping bombs (laughs) all over he has yeah he has at least a five kill streak going because he just fucking carpet bombs the graveyard um but then they run i'm gonna say 60 yards from the grave and the explosions stop and then they just kind of look at each other and like well glad we got out of that like they were almost expecting if they got too close he would try to carpet bomb them right it's just it makes uh, it, it might have been the most baffling part of the movie they also just leave a fire burning unattended like a big fire they do like a big fi- a yeah. big one <laughs> yeah they just leave it they're like well we did our duty of finding out that that was full of snakes and he's probably still alive and we're not going to acknowledge that later either that the evil demon magician is actually still alive uh we're just gonna not believe anita (laughs) sharpan joe maybe is just the indian equivalent of Smokey the bear and he's just pissed because they're out here starting (laughs) forest fires (laughs) and he just wants them to repent um smash cut to anita is attacked by freddy when she's driving uh, a whole nother chase scene ensues. There are so many because this is another one of her looking the other direction and and Char- and Sharpan Joe startles her. And they do, I would say, two hours and 13 minutes. We're averaging one music sting every 40 seconds yeah. I think, in this movie. It is music sting after music sting so much so that between the the, the really high pitched vocals in the songs, the insane amount of music sings, the, the crazy loud over the top music in the background. It, this movie is just like a sonic fucking bombardment. And it's of like every type of music too. like it, the there's no uniformity to it because like mm-hmm. like we're talking about, like when they go to the beach party and when they're at school and whatever. All of that music is for those films. This is three different fucking films. So all the music is for those films. And it's only when Sharpan Joe shows up that you actually get like the nightmare on Elm Street knockoff music. And -hmm. this is the only time you get a horror soundtrack is when he's around. Every other time is it's movies for action films and romance films. Well, and sometimes it's it's (laughs) yeah, there is just literally just like, you know, uh, Halloween five type fucking shit when the comedy's happening. But the other thing that's interesting too, is like, you don't just get the, the, the nightmare in Elm street ripoff music. You also get some very, um, uh, uh, even, even Kate kind of said at one point, she was like, wait, it sounded like it was psycho for a mm. second or the bird. Like it was very Hitchcockian mm-hmm. for a minute. The, the music, it's just like, it's like somebody went 
like somebody spent, um, you know, some years in the United States watching a bunch of classic, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s horror movies wrote, had a list of things they wanted to rip off yeah. and said, I'm going to cross every single thing off this list before this fucking movie wraps. Yeah. I mean, like even at the end of the film, the there's there's a music cue that sounded a lot like the Terminator for a minute. Mm. It's I mean, it's specifically when Sharpan Joe loses his legs. But there, there's a <laughs> yeah, <probably>. there, <laughs> I, we're not there yet. Guys, we're an hour away. Yeah, from like, yeah somehow <laughs> we're an hour away from Sharpan Joe losing his legs. I don't know how to tell you guys. We're halfway through this. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> um kate went to bed at one point and was like she she was like trying she was thinking about going to bed she goes uh how much is left like i'll stay up if there's 20 minutes left there was an hour and 20 yeah, minutes it's, left. it's insane how like it's yeah. insane that they they're an hour in they figure out who's doing it why it's happening and there's still yeah. an hour more of this fucking movie well i'm gonna jump ahead because we already talked about some of the things mm-hmm. already but uh, Anita, this is when Anita gets chased into the city aquarium. And this is the part that I talked about where she just keeps getting jump scared and doing the looking behind her as she's running and then turning just in time to run straight into Sharpan Joe. Like it, and it happens at least a half a dozen times just in the aquarium over and over and over again. And then this is when I pause to pee and I hit pause and I realized there's fucking 40 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> and I was like, how? how? How could there possibly be 40 minutes left in this movie? Everything that's uh-huh. happened has not only happened, it's happened three yeah. times. And like, I thought the aquarium was spiraling towards the, 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 the climax. But no, we're 40 minutes left at least. Um, but again, it's, it's rehashing a lot of the same thing. So Freddie splashes water at Anita. And she wakes up in bed with the doctor and her parents and she's got slashes on her back and they're just like all, you know, everything's fine. And, you know, hey, she's just needs some sleep or whatever. So, like, they know what's happening, but they just keep forgetting. Um, and then this is. This was worth it because I almost at 40 minutes was like, I got to watch the rest of this tomorrow. Like, I'm so sick of this movie and just watching every scene. But then. Got me right back on board when they go to a temple and ask an albino priest <laughs> <laughs> about what they should do about Sharpie and Joe. And he, and he knows everything that's happening with Sharpie and Joe. Um, he has all bad news. All bad news. For them. <laughs> He's just basically telling them, he gonna kill you. He gonna yeah. kill you. He gonna kill you. And then basically he just says, like, if you gotta, if you're gonna kill him, you got to dismember him. Yeah. And then you have to dismember him and then attack him relentlessly is what my <laughs> subtitle said. And I was like, OK, yeah, that's what's same. that mean? Same. Yeah, same. Uh, he was very vague. He did say you got to dismember. Yeah. So at least he gave a little bit of a uh, uh, thing. And then immediately I was like, this is an evil dead. This is an evil. Yeah, dead I was ripoff. like, oh, I hope 100%. there's a wood chipper at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the other thing he said, which I just wrote down because I was like, well, that's a lot. But he goes, he's telling them about how he's going to they're all in for a bad time. And then he says <laughs> this. You're going to if you beat someone, you're yeah, just a French yeah. guy. You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> you're all in for a bad time. And this time is going to be called the time of death. And then he says, after that, that's going to be followed with destruction, 
mass destruction. Yeah. I was like, well, that's just a hat on a hat. How do you go from the time of death, time of death to like more destruction? I mean, they're already dead. Yeah. I don't really care. That's a, that's not even what I say. This guy had nothing but bad yeah. news. He was a real downer. <laughs> this this albino priest. I don't know why. I don't um, know why, but I just thought it was like this is almost a Will Ferrell character. I thought it was Will Ferrell or for to me, I thought of like um, the South Park guys. I just yeah. thought of like they would put that guy in a movie for sure. This weird like he wasn't an albino. He looked honestly like what's the what's the character? Doctor, whatever. Doctor Zayas or whatever. Oh, yeah, from okay. uh, from from uh, uh, Planet of the uh, Apes. Yeah. Planet of the Apes because he had the similar hair, you know, where it was like a ring of, you know, he had a beard, but he had like this ring of blonde hair around his head. It was just well, really mean, he weird. He's not yeah. albino, but he's, he's not albino. But yeah, like you can tell he's a black haired individual that has dyed mm. all of his hair like this golden orange. Really golden, yeah. deep golden. Yeah, it's it's such a strange scene. Um, and, and this is what I'm talking about. Then go to the next scene. Anita is attacked in her dream again. Papa goes and hammers some booze again. Like they're just rehashing mm-hmm. the same things over and over again. It's like one of those things where they just didn't leave good enough alone. They kept having ideas that they felt like they had to shoehorn in. And then you get what you think is going to be the final showdown between Papa and, and, and Sharpan Joe. Nope. Just kidding. Throws a bottle of booze at him and, and he just fucking bails. Uh, but then JK he's back and he's creeping into Anita's room. Like he's just like walking around the house and they uh, just going from room to room, harassing people. It's like the fucking, you know, it's like when, when in the, uh, Roger rabbit video game for NES, we're just going from room to room, punching people like, <laughs> looking in drawers. Um, but he, he pos- now, now he possesses Anita. So Sharpan Joe possesses Anita by just looking at her really hard in the eyes. And she does the Sharpan Joe cackle so you know what has happened. And then she just goes to college the next day. Yeah, she goes to school and, as and, normal. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but she's wearing black and she's got a very solemn look on her face. She knows she's been uh, she's been, um, you know, possessed by Sharpan Joe. But um, a, a whole nother fight breaks out. Um, and the boss and and canteen get in on the fight and along with her boyfriend and there's a lot of just wild like really overselling a lot of these kicks Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they're like everybody who's getting kicked by canteen you could tell he was like you know the bigger star on set because every time somebody he gives this little he's he's got these little stubby legs and he kicks somebody and he reminds me of jack black because he actually is pretty physical and and like athletic but he's the stubby little guy and then he kicks somebody and they sell it like it's fucking rock selling a stunner. Like they just <laughs> blast off. Like, yeah, he's he's got that. He's got that physicality of Jack Black that like yeah. he's flexible in the hips, but not in the knees. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, yes, that's a good way of putting it. And then yeah. also he yeah, gets yeah. nunchucks. So, <laughs> yes, canteen is he loaded. He, he, oh, he's got the, he's got the chucks. He starts chucking them. Um then uh pause for an extended um nightclub song and dance number which again like i couldn't figure out was the so okay so the nightclub scene definitely has canteen dressed Mm -hmm. as a 1940s gangster and it has the boss in it yes is the woman in this scene is that anita i don't think so yeah i didn't think so either because like she's 
but they do a Sharpan Joe. It, what confuses me is so they do this long extended dancing, and at the very mm-hmm. end, she does turn and like gives the the Sharpan Joe eyes to the boss. Yeah, she. Uh, I I missed that. If she does, if she did, I missed that. But um, but but she is there obviously because then the next scene is 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 when he goes outside and sees anita out in the rain and gets her to get into his car yeah so it might have been anita but she's but she's dressed completely different i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm just getting confused by the editing because like so like the the woman who's dancing she has like like these specific braids in her hair and then she you get a cut to anita turning and looking with the sharp hand joe eyes and she has the same yeah the, she has the, the same the woman dancing is not yeah, anita but anita has the same braids in her hair but when the boss picks her up off the road she's dressed completely differently she is and 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 i took that as i took it as it wasn't anita but i wasn't paying that close attention because it was just like why do we why do we have another music why do we have another fucking whole whole music number yeah. in here but in any case, they go outside and, you know, uh, the boss is is hammered, hopping in his car to drive home. Uh, and Anita's just standing in the rain and like waves him down. And sh- and the boss, again, remember, he's been sexually assaulting and or trying to rape Anita and has told her, I am. She's like, why are you in love with me? I don't like you. And he's like, I'm not in love with you. I'm in love with your body. I'm going to have it. And he's just like been a general, just fucking full on rapist the entire movie. And then all of a sudden, you know, he thinks that all of this, him being an asshole and doing all this horrible things to her, she's just given in and is like, no, I, I'm in love with you now. So they get in the car, they go back to his house um, and uh, uh, he, he's he's just bebopping around there he's on cloud nine he thinks you know everything's uh finally working out his way they're gonna they're gonna bone all this stuff but then she teleports inside his waterbed oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then sharpan joe jumps out pulls him into the waterbed which is trans and you could tell this was this was their big fucking scene you know this was the thing that they they really logistically worked so much harder on this than they did on any of the other kill scenes because it was it was the bad guy the the, not the non-supernatural bad guy the asshole bad guy the boss finally getting his comeuppance from sharpan joe but in the form of anita and he pulls him into the waterbed but then they do this whole camera trick where you're looking at her like an Anita slash Sharpan Joe Anita possessed by Sharpan Joe inside the waterbed looking up at the boss. And it's like this, you know, it, it, you could tell this was like their big scene. They were really this was their money yeah, scene. This was we can't figure out how to do the Johnny Depp blood fountain. Right. But we'll do this other thing with the bed. And by other thing, we mean we're going to put our actors in danger by putting them inside of a waterbed that they. Uh, you could tell she was holding her breath. Yeah. Like she's holding her breath. And like she's also like got her face pressed up against the plastic. And it's like, OK, don't mm-hmm. die in there. Bye. <laughs> Roll camera. Yeah, hope we can get you out. You know, hope hopefully you don't forget what the sign is that you're dying. Yeah. 
Um, it felt like a magic trick for sure. Um, you know, some sort of like stage act magic trick. Um, but then I think the idea, and I didn't even think about that. You're right. This was their blood bed fountain scene, but they know they couldn't pull that off. So they just pulled him in to the bed and then he gets basically murdered off screen inside the bed and then they just shine red lights up through the water and make it look like it is all blood. Right. So I, they wanted they thought it was going to look really graphic and bloody and there just would be like an unbelievable amount of blood. And I'm sure the the origin of the scene when they were kind of, you know, going through ideation of like what shots they wanted to do. Someone sold this scene really hard and was like, we're going to make a whole water bed full of blood. Right. And they were like, fuck, yeah, dude. <laughs> and then it just doesn't work. at all. It's one of those things like where maybe they didn't have a copy of Nightmare on Elm Street or the copy of El- Nightmare on Elm Street they had. You're right. Yeah, didn't yeah. have that in it. So they had somebody like taped from TV. Yeah. So they had somebody <laughs> in America explain it to them over the phone. And they're like, and like his whole bed turns in the blood and they're like, okay, we can do that. And then, then, and then they just go, do you hear that? Do you hear that Travis? And he's like, bed is full of blood. Yep. Got it. And then, just, right. <laughs> then, then those notes were their Bible yeah. after that. <laughs> yeah. Whatever copy of nightmare they were watching, like it, 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 it nicks that Johnny Depp scene, but they noticed he was dead and they're like, how does Johnny Depp die in that? <laughs> they called a studio. <laughs> And they're like, oh, man, it's fucking awesome. There's just blood everywhere. It shoots. It's pulled beds full of blood. And they're like, oh, OK, bed full of blood. Got it. We yeah, can they, do t- that. they talk to an intern at Nightmare or they talk to an intern at New Line Cinema. <laughs> and, and that, no, I like it better that it's an, it's an intern at Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street <laughs> that picks up the phone and goes, whoa, whoa. Nightmare on Elm Street. This is Travis. We you. Well, this is Travis on Freddy's Dead. <laughs> oh yeah so um guys i'd like to say that's the end of the movie it's not not. um the hotel guy's back he has a new Uh, character he had a he's got a whole new character is it yeah it's a third guy it's a third guy this is a third one because so the the running bit we didn't explain earlier but the running bit is canteen and the hotel manager oh it's supposed to be a yeah 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 yeah, yeah. canteen and the hotel manager are half brothers because their yes. dad was a traveling salesman who used to bang all up and down India. So now we get introduced yeah. to this third guy who's Bengali and his father yeah. had been up to Bengal and banging guy banging up there. And now we have this right. third. And like, this is another note I had. I was like, we are now an hour and a 55 minutes into your two hour, 12 minute film. <laughs> what perfect yeah. time to introduce a brand new comic relief. <laughs> Let's break every bit of tension that we've fucking built up because the the this character is fucking running his spiel at precaution and Anita and they're laughing at mm-hmm. the fuck up as if like uh, that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is they're cracking up like they are just boy did we need that we really needed this silly <laughs> bastard to come out here because we've been going through some shit oh man yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's the, he's another brother, yeah. but he looks so much like the the, the hotel brother. Well, you can tell the difference because he doesn't have the Hitler mustache. Did he? he did. I didn't even notice. No, that no he Hitler didn't have mustache the Hitler on the stash. third brother. <laughs> but 
but he does have the little part in the hair. Yeah. That's probably why mm-hmm. I saw that and was like, oh, it's the same guy. Anyway, the, he does go through and he's like, he, he's basically, you know, he talks about how, oh, but you're a different nationality. I don't know. You're right. Yeah, that makes more sense than I honestly at this point, I was checked the fuck out <laughs> on this guy. I was just like, why are you bringing him in on this? Um, it's so. Um, you know, so so it's like at this point. Anita and her boyfriend, like and, and even the the parents, like everything is hunky dory, but nothing has been resolved. Right. Um, so they're just acting like, oh, f- so Sharpan Joe's dead and everyone's feeling good. And I guess we're back to normal. But again, nothing had been resolved. Yeah. Just the boss got killed. That's all we know. That's the only thing that's changed since all the craziness. Um, Anita goes upstairs to wash her face because they're just having a fun little gathering with their parents yeah, they're and their getting boyfriend. ready for dinner <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're just like oh we're making the favorite like it's just really it's it, tonally i can't say this enough all over the place she removes the towel and she kind of sort of looks like sharpan joe for a second in the mirror yeah, she's got she's got two face makeup on yes yep so she looks the one way and you see her face is all fucked up um and then now all of a sudden all the hands uh, Sharpan Joe hands come out of the wall, which did it drive you nuts that he only had the, the knives on four of his fingers? Yeah, I mean, hey, they're trying to do whatever they're trying to do. Uh, There's no thumb yeah. knife, but he does the, the and, and you guys can't see this, but he does the Freddy finger roll right. thing for style almost as many times as they do fucking music stings. And then all, anytime the, was, all the hands show up, all the hands do it as well. <laughs> They all do it. They all do the little finger roll thing that Freddie does. But there's no knife on the thumb, which is strange. But they all come out of the wall a la Day of the yeah, Dead. Yeah, they do, they do the Day of the Dead jump scare because they have Anita looking into the mirror as if she didn't believe what she just saw. Yeah. And then she gets real close and they do the exact jump scare uh, with the calendar at the beginning of Day of the Dead. Yeah, but it's like a poster mm-hmm. and and, you know, and now all of a sudden Sharpan Joe's everywhere in the house, uh, you know, snatches Anita, pulls her into the I guess it's a poster. Um, and now she's on the sacrificial slab in, you know, Freddy's little little little, you know, uh, dungeon and, uh, you know, just like her dead sister was, you know, same room and everything. And then she's getting beaten by an in like an invisible attacker is just wailing on her um, <laughs> for like a long time. And it gets kind of funny. Um, but then the parents and the boyfriend just bust in. You don't know how they got there. She got there because she got sucked through a poster. How right. the fuck did they get there? They just run up like they were knocking on doors. And this just happened to be the third house they got to. Yeah, like uh, we have we have no idea where this is. Right. It's not like it's in a cave on the outskirts of town or in an industrial part of. No, this is yeah. just as far as we know, this is a completely dreamland. Yeah, like, is yeah, but like the father knows how to get there. Mm-hmm. Papa knows how to get there because that's it's the same place that he saw his youngest daughter yeeted he into the right. hell he wall. Did. You're right. Yeah, he does. He knows where it is. You're right. Yeah, but it's just that, us as an audience. We have no fucking idea. Like where this exists. Is it in a warehouse? Like, yeah, there's never any travel time. There's never any having to discover it. 
Um, but you know, dad takes a, 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 a sharp, sharp hand Joe glove to the, to the arm. And then the boyfriend just punches Freddie in the face, maybe 20 times while Freddie laughs. Yeah. I keep calling him Freddie slash sharp hand Joe. We, you know who we're talking about. Um, and so now we get the climactic fight between the boyfriend and sharp hand Joe. And meanwhile, the parents and Anita are doing not a singular fucking thing. They're just watching it like it's a fucking, you know, boxing match between the two of them. Um, And then at the last second, right when he's about to get killed, the boyfriend, he throws this like ceremonial axe that's hanging on the wall right into the back of of Sharpan Joe's head. And then the boyfriend like runs him through with like a pike and it's just like, it's a, it's a non-factor, you know, he's just like, it doesn't hurt him even a little bit. So, um, he does the glove roll, honestly, just in this sequence, 10 times, <laughs> at least, <laughs> um, to, at least 50 times in the whole movie. Um, and then eventually <laughs> there's a guillotine, but it's not a guillotine. Cause it doesn't have like a place for you to kneel down. It's just like a, a big old, uh, as I recall, like blade on a on a string, pretty much. It's a guillotine of sorts. It's it, it's an express guillotine because it's enough yeah. for like three or four people, really. Maybe that's <laughs> what it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. But he just cuts off. She she lures Freddie into the guillotine, cuts off his legs and they have a what looks like a, a I would assume a real amputee then to like play Freddie while he's crawling on the ground. No. Um no, no, I think I think they he kind of just stuffed his legs up and like he has so his, little at the bottom. I know that's the thing. There's so little at the bottom because they don't know how to stuff it properly. They mm. they like he I think his real legs oh, are underneath him and then oh, yeah. underneath him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, yeah, yeah, that's probably right. Again, at this point, I was so stoned and so <laughs> tired and so confused and so angry. Um, And then. <laughs> They they then do the closet scene from Halloween, basically, in a cell, like where she crawls into a cell and then he's got her in the cell and he's like slashing at her, kind of like Michael, you know, slashing through the through the the the, the you know, the closet uh, at Jamie Lee Curtis. And then the the boyfriend drops the fucking spikes on him. There's like because there's all this medieval devices and he's like cranking it, but he's not cranking it in a way to like pick it up and drop it on him. He's cranking it in the direction you would need to go to to drop it. So physics should be working in his favor. Right. But, but they're not. He's having to push incredibly hard to release the chain rather than pull more. You know, he's just giving the chain, trying to give the chain slack. You would think that you just release a pinion or something. And yeah, it, it just should drops. have a release lever. But yeah. no, he's got to crank it open like to let out more chain, which doesn't make any sense. Cause it's just on a spool. Um, but, uh, anyway, th- he crushes them with some spikes and you get the whole like wicked witch of the East shot with his, you know, bloody glove under the, under the spikes. And then, um, and then before, and I, I, again, just in, in the most aggravating fashion at the end, the dad looks up at, I think the skull, right? He yeah he looks up at the skull and then like it's the actually big ceremonial a ceremonial skull yeah it's actually a part of the skull which is one of those bodies we were referencing before yeah and he that looks is up like at attached it. to it yeah and it's like 
it's definitely something they were intentionally trying to get you to notice, but I don't know what he was looking at. It's like he's looking at both daylight coming in and just like the, the this body that's posed that's a part of the shrine. Right. And it's like, is that supposed to be the young daughter? Is that's he just what I thought, but it looks like an adult body. Yeah, it, it, it looks it's like an like, adult man's body. Is it just like he's supposed to be happy about the daylight or just like and why? Why would he why would he be happy about the dark magician shrine? You know, yeah. like that doesn't make any sense. Which I don't know. Uh, two, two, two other things that aggravated me about this scene is one. By the way, this is the end. Like as soon as end. he does that, <laughs> it pops up the end. <laughs> yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. It's like and the end and it's over and everybody's yeah. happy. Yeah. But like we end on the father as like the, the yeah. focus of the end. <laughs> the prick, the yeah. absolute prick who wouldn't believe his daughter who slapped her around like he sucks and should have died. That caused the whole thing by yeah, fucking caused with the, the whole thing. <laughs> we end on him. But yeah, the two things that aggravate me about this are one. We can clearly see that the dark magician Sharpan Joe wears fucking blue jeans. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does wear. He wears a couple of he wears a nice whole pair of dungarees when he does yeah. his killing. And two. We spend all this goddamn time with musical things and dance numbers, and they don't do a fucking dance number on the bed of nails on top of Sherpan Joe. I know. How great would that have been? (laughs) You fucking rat fucks. Yeah, it's just, I honestly, I, um, two hours and 12 minutes in, and when it said, the, when the movie ended, I half expected it to just pop up and say intermission. Like, I really was like, <laughs> this is never going to end. This is going to keep going forever. And now I'm in Sharpan Joe's world. He's in my dreams. And this is how he's torturing me. We've all been tricked. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, I just thought it was going to keep going forever. Like, I have never I feel like I've never uh, I have not appreciated silence more than when I shut this movie off in a oh, long yeah. time. Yeah. It just is so loud and abrasive and just I was just like, oh, it's done. I've done it. It's like a fucking marathon. Um, yeah, they just had way too many ideas that they just insisted on putting in and just like so unwieldy with the script and just so much happens. Like yeah. we were joking when we started. I think I had more notes for this movie than any movie we've ever done. Same. And it's because we literally are watching four different films. Yeah, we're watching a comedy film with all the canteen shit. We're watching a horror film. We're watching the romance with all the fucking dance numbers and stuff. And then we're watching an action film because every time somebody is about to get gang raped, there has to be a fight scene after it. (laughs) It's like this movie should have been a tight 85 minutes. (laughs) And instead it was, you know, what what is it? Two hours and 14 minutes or some shit. It was just so fucking much longer and like i said so much happened but not only did so much happen it happened multiple times everything that happened happened more than once yeah it's like what what happens if you turn on nightmare on elm street but then stop watching it to go watch something else Mm -hmm. and then come back to nightmare on elm street for a little (laughs) bit (laughs) you just keep watching little like it's almost yeah the nightmare on elm street is the commercial breaks to a whole Two other movies that are simultaneously happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you would have cut those three movies up into 
into three separate movies and played them simultaneously on three different TV screens, it would have been more pleasurable experience. <laughs> just, just and like, cohesive, more cohesive even. Like Canteen and his brothers go feet peeping is <laughs> the short film that should have preceded this. <laughs> canteen, the brothers Canteen in feet peeping. Yeah. It's like, it just should be a short film. Th- then there was a whole like Kung Fu, like Hindi um, remake of like Death Wish or something was in mm-hmm. there too. And then you had, you know, a, a ripoff uh, of, of, you know, some Western slashers. Uh, and then, yeah. And then you had the fucking, you know, what, what's it called? Uh, uh, who's the couple that, that did all the beach party movies? Yeah, Frankie and Annette. <laughs> yeah, Frank, Frankie Valley and Annette. What's Funicello. her name? Funicello. Funicello. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 this is this is the other movie. So really, it was four movies. Yeah, in uh, one, it was just yeah. And, anyway, I, it feels like it feels like so when The Rock makes a movie, everything in that movie is in service of The Rock. Yeah, it feels like this movie was in service of four people at once because <laughs> they had to sell Anita as a romance and sex symbol, mm-hmm. sell Prakash as an action hero, yeah, sell Canteen as uh, you know the comedian yeah and so like they have to answer all these people and then also sell papa as you know like the serious dramatic actor (laughs) unfortunately only two of those things worked a little bit yeah prakash is way too doughy to believe this (laughs) prakash is not even cool or dashing or anything Mm -mm. the dad sucks Mm-hmm. Anita is Anita's a baddie. All right, she's she's like she's pretty she's pretty attractive. She can pull it off, and she acted her ass off. And Canteen is genuinely pretty funny. Yeah. So two of the four things, if it would have just been two of those things, would have been a better movie. Yeah, <laughs> just two of them. Just just wiping boogers, feet peeping, and sharp hand Joe. <laughs> keep it simple. Keep it. Keep the kiss method, guys. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> um, that's all you need. Feet peeping, sharp hand Joe, canteen doing <laughs> earnest bits. That's my dream movie. Um, I, 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 I can see myself watching this movie again, but I could see myself watching it regularly if it was one hour shorter. Oh, yeah. If, it, if this was 85 minutes, like you said, but yeah. it had all the best bits. Yeah, that would, oh, be, would be great. A fucking classic. I'd own it on in three different formats if that yeah. was the case. Yeah. But Ugh. all yeah. right, guys, I feel, I feel like this is a movie I'm never going to watch again, but I'm yeah. going to like I'm going to think about it. And then I'm also going to remember the boxers omen and then watch that again. <laughs> yeah, you're going to tell people to to watch this. But like personally, probably not going to watch it yeah. uh, again. Um, it was it was a fun experience. If it, we were sitting down drinking and bullshitting, it would be a fun movie to have on the background. But to have to take notes on it, it's yeah. just so much so much happening I, I i can definitely see myself watching like more ramsey brothers films sure just because i want to see what other wild shit they get into i know i'm definitely gonna look up like a a you know a list on you know thrillist of the top 10 ramsey brothers sci-fi horror movies or whatever and mm-hmm. check a couple of those out um but hopefully they're not all fucking two hours and 15, 14 minutes or some shit <laughs> <laughs> um all right guys that was Maka, 
I'm Mahakal. Mahakal. I keep wanting to put a K after the first H. Macaulay. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, it's about Macaulay Culkin's life. This is actually loosely based on um, Macaulay Culkin's life. Um, no, from, from 1994. Um and uh, I'll, I'll remind you, uh, you can watch it on YouTube. Go check it on YouTube. Make sure you get the ones with the, with the subtitles. It is out there. The first one I clicked on didn't have it. Um, and tune on, tune back on in with us next week for uh, one more mini-sode, a bonus mini-sode for the month of May because we got an extra Monday. And we will uh, also be announcing our uh, showdown topics for the month of um for June, for our, our uh, redneck shenanigans uh, showdown episode in June. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, anything else we should talk about? Yeah, June's two-year anniversary. Get pumped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll be on our two-year anniversary. We will have completed two entire damn old years of this here podcast. So if you got any suggestions for, for movies that we should uh, talk about uh, during our uh, two-year anniversary celebration in June. Throw them our way. Uh, we're 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 all ears. Um, so, all right. Uh, for the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian, and I'm still champ. I'm still Steve. I still Guys, win. Think about it. Figure this out. We got to get the fuck out from under this black cloud. No, 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 Steve. no, no, no. Lots <laughs> of fun. Bye. Lots of fun. Bye. Lots of fun Bye. to come. <laughs>